and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I am your host. Join us today, our three established guests, which we have now is Josh Torres. Hello. Simon Chun. Hola. And Adam Vitali. Hi. Hey. So, we have a lot to talk about. Um, now, we <laughs> changed things up a couple of weeks ago for people who have been paying attention to um, our podcast. And thank you very much if you've been listening to us in the past. Uh, but what we kind of did was completely change up the format. So that way we're focusing on a big game and then moving on to some new top news topics that we can discuss. And so for today, we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem Fates. Now, Simon, you've been talking about Fire Emblem. You've been actually not talking about it. You've been playing some Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, you're covering that game for our site. What have you thought about it so far? Um, so there's for those of you who aren't familiar with Fire Emblem Fates, um, there's three versions. There's Conquest, Birthright, and Revelations. Conquest and Birthright are already out right now. Revelations is coming out next month. Um, unless you have the special edition, in which case that's already on the cartridge. So I'm going through Conquest right now. I think Adam's going to go through Birthright, Birthright later, and I'll be doing Revelations also later. So um, for my initial playthrough of it so far, uh, I like it a lot. If this was the last Fire Emblem, you know, I, I've sort of said this on our internal chat, but if this was the last Fire Emblem, I'd be totally happy with that. They do a lot of neat things, and it's sort of hard to think about how the series sort of improves from where it's currently at right now. How much have you played of it so far? So, I've pretty much almost beaten Conquest, and I'm going through a hard play, hard uh, playthrough of Conquest right now, just to see what it's like, because I heard, like, hard is really hard, yeah, so I wanted to go through that before starting Revelations. Uh, are you playing on classic yeah. mode? I'm playing you're on what? You're playing on classic mode, right? I'm playing on the original, the mode where if people die, they die. Yeah, yeah classic. That's, that's classic yeah. mode, which is, that's classic uh, mode. Okay. Which is the just, best way to play, of course. Yeah, I'm doing right. a, a hard classic uh, playthrough right now of uh, Conquest as well. I'm just, I just barely finished Chapter 7. So I'm still early in, but uh, I agree with Simon that uh, there's a lot of interesting improvements uh, yeah. that they've made in... Um, Fates. Well, how do you, I mean, obviously everyone here has played at least some Fire Emblem Awakening. What would you say is kind of the improvement so far that you've, that really stand out among everything else? So one of the things that really stood out to me in this, I don't know if they changed the algorithm for how they, how they did hit, um, hit calculations. So there's always a hit rate of whether a percentage of this is a 99% chance to hit or something like that. And then I get the impression they changed the algorithm or calculations or something like that because I've had a lot of um, hits that were that normally should have hit in previous games um, miss a lot. Let, a let, lot let, of let me clarify. I know for a while what the what the calculation actually was like. If you had a ninety percent chance to hit, it would actually like roll twice and do an average. And if, if that average was within that ninety percent range, you you hit. So what that meant was like a ninety percent chance is actually higher than that, um, if that makes sense. So you think okay. you think you think they changed that? <laughs> I think they changed that. Um, the reason why I say that is because I played XCOM. I, I jumped into Fates right after I finished XCOM, and um, right now the way it stands is I had a ton of units just straight up die because of it, and it's not fun. That's very. <laughs> so it's not fun. I mean that. I, I mean so. that's Fire Emblem. Sometimes yeah. you get screwed by the RNG, and that happens. But sometimes I mean, it's on your side. So it definitely happens. So that's one of the changes. I 
a lot of people are going are gonna to think that's a negative change. I actually think it's a beneficial change because th it really keeps you on your toes on, like, this decision. Even though it says, like, 92% hit rate, you might miss. And that might mean you have to restart the mission if you're playing on Classic, if you don't want to, if you really don't want to lose any units. And I've done that numerous times. Um, from my experience with Conquest, I think it's a great game. Um, it sort of goes back to the original Fire Emblem formula before Sacred Stones, where it's very linear. You don't have the open world to sort of farm and things like that. Um, so it is a different play style. But I think the main thing that I really enjoyed about Fates is they actually redid sort of the weapon triangle. They, they redid how items work. They actually don't have usage, so they don't break after a certain amount of, uh, certain amount of uses. No, oh, good. Um, I think the the character variety is pretty neat. They added some new uh, new units, uh, new combinations. Um, the marriage system is back from Awakening, and children units are back. Um, the the children and uh, the children units aren't. I feel like they're sort of ham fisted in the game. I, that's well, my, actually my least favorite part. I think I think with Awakening they had you know the story and everything basically the character the the children units you know it was all part of a cohesive whole it made sense in the story and in the game, where this time they they had all those systems in place so they brought the they brought the children back even if it really didn't make any like in game sense to why they're there but right whatever <laughs> also they yeah. sort of expanded how the castle they they have a system called my castle they expanded what was the barracks system in Awakening where you get to customize how your base sort of looks like, and each building uh, you put in there uh, makes it so you get better items for the next mission, upgrade your stats. There's a lot of neat ways to actually figure out how you're going to progress the game because you can't build everything at once. Um, every single time you finish a mission, you get a certain point, and you can use that point towards building a, a, a new building that you unlock or un uh, upgrading an existing building. So. If you start off with like a staff building, uh, like a building that sort of you can sell staffs, you can buy like uh, heal or mending staffs, but you can't buy like iron swords or steel swords or anything like that, which means you're stuck with shitty weapons for the next weapon, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future until you have enough points to build that new armory. So it's pretty neat. And I, I haven't played Conquest yet, but since there is no world map, you can't just, you know, grind or fight battles to unlock more of the castle. You just have to pick and choose as you go. Essentially, right. yep, that's exactly right. Um, I do think because you can't farm up in the world, um, a lot of the characters are going to feel, they feel a lot more meaningful, right? So that means I'm that you, you can't, you, in, the, in Awakening, what you would do is you would just cr have children and you would make super, uh, uh, make them super children because you would do certain marriage combinations, <laughs> that's a really good you would term. farm support yeah. points and things like that. Then, like, you would eventually have, like, an Owen that's, like, well, has all these great skills and stats, like, it was ridiculous. Here, yeah, you can't necessarily do that. In Awakening, because of the way skills pa passed down, I know the children were generally better than their parents, um, better units, because they could have, you know, great combinations of skills. The parents just, you know, you can't do anything with them, really. Not too much. Sure. Um, Here, I mean, within the classes that they can go to. Right. Um, Here, Simon, I, Simon, I have a kind of a random question, but I, I was wondering. I know Awakening, at least on the hard mode, one of the more annoying things was whenever there was a reinforcement, they they acted immediately. I think that was I think that was hard mode only. I think normal mode they wait a turn and then they act. Yeah. Uh, how exactly. do how are like how are reinforcements in conquest? Is it the same thing where they can just kind of show up out of nowhere and attack your your healer or whatever? So they remove that altogether. I think from right from from one instant, at least in the Japanese version, it did do that where 
Um, the, the reinforcements would show up on the enemy turn, so therefore they can also move. Here, the reinforcements will show up at your turn, uh, or at the end of the turn, in the begin so uh, they can't move. Uh, and this will happen for normal and hard modes, so... Oh, so that that's good because I know obviously sometimes you just get bad luck, but um, I actually find that disappointing because I always enjoyed that moment. Well, I, it, it's it is kind of nice that you know sometimes you're caught off guard and you have to like you know think quickly to you know defend yourself or counter or whatever. But sometimes you just you know especially if you're in a long level and then like 25 minutes later a Pegasus Knight shows up and flies you know right through your guys and right to your healer and kills them. It's just a little bit right. annoying. So I do think that. The so it's always easy to really expect where the reinforcements are going to come from. I think I think the map design sort of made it sort of uh, obvious in the previous games. Here it's sort of even more obvious. Um, uh, sort of piggybacking on the uh, t talking about the map design. I think the missions are pretty neat in Conquest. I know there was a lot of people saying how Conquest sort of harkened back to the original Fire Emblem game, uh, Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games, where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different mission objectives. I actually don't really think there's that many mission objectives. There's always like that, you know, seize uh, seize this throne or uh, route the enemy or escape or things like that. But in the end, like you're eventually, ultimately, the best way to do it is just straight up killing the enemies. That's really gonna how you do it. So it doesn't really change anything. There was only really one mission where I approached the combat very differently. That's because the maps had certain abilities where you can. Um, uh, change the terrain that would affect how you approach combat. Well, so, I don't. I think even like games like like Radiant Dawn didn't have that many mission objectives. I mean, there were a couple that were like defend this spot for so many turns or defend this sure. area. Um, but yeah, route the enemy or maybe get to a boss in a certain amount of time. So there were a couple. But one thing I'm more interested in is like the map design itself, not the not the objective. I know Awakening had a lot of wide open maps where it's just kind of like an open field. And then you just kind of, you know, plow Anyone through the enemies. Anyone can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so it, there was, I guess, I guess there's some strategy there because you have to, you know, like put your stronger units up front and your squishy units behind them. But it was kind of boring because right. every, it, it, I felt like 80% of the maps were that. How are the maps in Conquest? The maps in Conquest are pretty, uh, uh, pretty much the same along the lines of Awakening uh, with the exception of... Um, there's a lot more, uh, what's it called? There's a lot more uh, frequency in uh, fights happening within a confined space, like so within like a castle or a building. So therefore, you have to move through corridors, sort of like um, uh, the Blazing Sword from Game Boy Advance. Um, but there are uh, points, certain points in the map where you can actually change uh, the terrain uh, or uh, have a, an environmental effect pop up to uh, put you at an advantage. And that's you know, through a mechanic called Dragon Vein, which is, I think, really neat. Um, only royal, uh, you know, members of the royal family can uh, move to this spot and use the Dragon Vein, and sometimes it'll rain acid, so it'll drop every enemy to one HP, which is neat. Huh. Um, sometimes it'll blow enemy towards you, so you don't have to move all, uh, all your, uh, you know, um, your units to the enemy to kill them. Uh, sometimes it prevents disaster. Um, it's it's really neat, and I think it sort of changes how you actually approach certain missions or maybe create certain bottlenecks so you don't get overrun at all uh, you know at all sides i think yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's one of the most neat mechanics in the game yeah that sounds cool because it's a little bit it's a little bit different from just my stats versus yours you know like like a lot of like the gba games are um sure. so i How think that's you, sorry 
No, I, I just think it's kind of neat how sometimes you have to use like you, like unique map elements for certain levels, and if you use them well, you can make it a, that much easier on yourself. Right, so. and not everyone can use the dragon vein. Right, only certain members of uh, only members of the royal family are gonna be able to do it. So that's I guess if you want to have like if you want to really think about it, uh, you can, can you can have childrens married up with the royals, or you can have childrens who have royal blood, so everyone can use dragon vein. I don't know, but. That's... How do you feel about the story so far compared to like the other Fire Emblem <laughs> games? Is it pretty good, or are you kind of mixed on it, or how do you feel about it right now? So, I think the characters are really neat. I think it's really unfortunate that the characters are in a really shitty story. Like, oh? frankly mm-hmm. speaking, like um, Xander is like this very noble person who wants to do uh, things for his kingdom, but knows that uh, the world is not necessarily black and white. Um, and treats you know his siblings in a very great you know great lordly fashion without necessarily looking down on them. Um, there's the other siblings like Leo, who's a caster, who's sort of mischievous in ways. Finds is just a little tricky. He finds loopholes and things like that. Um, the annoying one is probably at least the youngest sibling, who just <laughs> does the usual like Japanese tropey Onichan thing all the time, which is. Oh. Oxious? Big brother, big brother, <laughs> yeah, big brother. Thing. And there's another, there's another one of those in Birthright too. So fuck my life. Um, so uh, <laughs> no. I do, very negative against it. Like, I haven't. I haven't. Are interesting though. Like they have, they, they have a great character dynamic. There's no growth. So I think one of the problems in the newer Fire Emblems is that all these characters they actually don't go through any growth. They're the same well, characters from the beginning to the end. Well, I mean, like, if you're talking about the, if we're talking about characters, in, like, the Fire Emblem games for Game Boy Advance, you kind of have your Lord units, and they're in, you know, every scene, and then, you know, the, there's a couple of, like, there's a couple of other units that are important, like, like, Ninian in Fire Emblem 7, but the rest of the, the rest of the units, you get them in a level, and then you never hear from them again, unless you're talking about supports. Yep. Um, so, I don't think that's totally unusual. Um, I don't, well, it's not think, that it's unusual, it's just... It's not the it's not the extra characters that I'm necessarily um, concerned about. It's the primary characters. So I know, like I think in terms of characters, the the Tellius game, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, they had uh, they had a larger percentage of the cast be more more like involved and significant in the plot, and I think they did a little bit better job at that. Um, but those two games are kind of the only ones that do. The rest of them. You know, all the characterization is basically in support conversations. Some of them good, some of them bad. (laughs) So what I would like to know is that obviously there's a lot of controversy around the localization. How do you feel about that so far? Has it really gotten in the way of your enjoyment from the story? I mean, obviously, putting aside um, your feelings on how the character growth is um, managed in that game, how do you feel about the actual, like, uh, little translation for it as well? So... I mean, this is going to sound really like a cop-out answer, but it really depends. So a lot of the enjoyment is going to be derived from your your exposure to how much of the game has changed and how much you care about the change. So I, totally I was not that. aware of the changes beforehand. I knew some of it, but not too much of it. Um, it hasn't necessarily changed my enjoyment of the game. I still, th- I still think within the context of the English localization, it's a great... It's a great localization. It does a lot of neat things. Oh, um, but I do think that sometimes there has to be some consolations that have to be made when localizing things. And I can see why they made some of the changes that were brought up. Like, um, I think one of them that was brought up was a conversation between two characters. 
and they were talking about kill counts, like their murder counts, and you know, so their uh, their war record, I guess. And that's a pretty mature topic, so I can see how like that would put uh, you know contribute to a possible M rating. Um, so if like from a business decision, I expect, uh, uh, you know, um, I respect that. But at the same time, like it doesn't like just because it's necessarily different from what it was in the Japanese doesn't mean that it's gonna take away your enjoyment of the game. As long as it's still within the confines of the game itself, it's still great. Like that that doesn't change anything. It's when you pull in outside factors that changes things. Unreasonable argument from the masses. Yeah, let me comment about something. First of all, that change you mentioned is honestly probably I think the most questionable one that I've heard of, where they basically replace the support conversation with a series of ellipses, where it's just they basically stare it's at each other. Yeah, they 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 like they stare at each other and then that's it. So like oh, okay. they totally remove the conversation. <laughs> like I I think there'd be a way to right around it if it was a content issue in terms of they're talking about murders or whatever and they didn't they thought maybe it was too too detailed or whatever you'd think there'd be a way to write around it in some way rather than just remove it completely in a sort of a joke sure. but it is only just like one support conversation out of like hundreds so right. it's, it, it doesn't like it doesn't ruin the sense. game actually i learned about this not too long ago one of the support conversations in fire emblem 8 i believe between dazla and gilliam uh, I, I, in Japan, they're talking about like drinking and how much they can hold, or you know, and how they don't get drunk. It's like a drinking game type support, and they changed it in the U.S. release. I don't even remember what they changed it to. And I played the game, I enjoyed the game, and I never knew. And you know, it's like sometimes there's these things that are changed, and sometimes they're kind of weird. Yeah. But um, it always depends. That's that's the most important <laughs> thing. It always depends because there's always yeah. like the ones that we can raise questions about, especially nowadays. You can have plenty of examples of like games where uh, this change has been made, and I hate. I'm never going to use this word censorship because I think that's just a cop out answer to say. I mean, or at least that's like a non-argument that you can bring up something and say it's censorship. But those changes that are made, it's common. You know, like I think that the thing to point out is that there's never been a very straightforward Fire Emblem game so far. Like there's been some very, I think there was like an article I read not too long ago where someone mentioned how many different changes are made to Fire Emblem, such as like points where certain characters were like extremely depressing or very moody or very angry or very upset. And they made some slight changes. They made them. They made them beloved in the West, and so people don't know what their origin story really was or what it used to be. And then there's like some design decisions that should have been left on the cutting room floor, but they instead implemented them anyway. And so they made some changes in the localization. And you know, I think it's because obviously with the uh, growth of social media, it's become more of a thing to argue about, or at least it's meaning that the smaller masses have a, a much larger voice. But you know, I can definitely see their point, and I respect people who are willing to uh, you know point out their misgivings on a certain topic. But as you mentioned before, there's certain small like these social uh, talks that they have, like kill counts and drinking and stuff like that, that some slight adjustments are good. But yeah, I do agree that there's also some cases where it's like, you know, you really didn't need to make too many changes to that. You and totally like, could have still put that in within the context of a war game where it's like, yeah, these things are kind of talked about. Like in Lord of the Rings, these kind of conversations do come up. So why is it that this has to be edited? That's, and that, also that, like the Soleil conversation, that's the one in Japan. They have like a magic potion. Um, yeah. Oh, it's not they, a magic potion. They, they, they totally basically, spike their drinks. Basically, yeah. well, no, the trait, her, Soleil's trait is still there. They just kind of removed that 
I guess you can call it, they, I saw someone refer to it as a landmine. They removed that landmine from the conversation, and it makes it a little bit more of a boring conversation, like, oh, I love you anyways, because even though you're a man, but even though I am, like, smitten with girls usually. So they, it kind of makes it a little bit more boring, uh, but they they remove that, that, that landmine in the localization, which is probably the best thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't think about I've that, any arguments about that scene yeah. in particular, I actually think that is so I know in the Japanese version Soleil is given the impression she's totally lesbian. Um in the English version, if you actually start reading her, if you start paying attention to what she says and things like that, you immediately get the um I was snapping by the way. You immediately get the hint that she's actually not lesbian in the English localization. She's totally bisexual. Well, so and I should, I, I, I feel like I should mention that Nintendo is not against lesbian characters. Um, what's her name? The rogue in Radiant Dawn. Uh, I forget her name. Um, like she's like clearly and obviously a lesbian girl. Um, I forget her name. Um, so it's, it's. Yeah, I don't think it's that was the issue. It's just kind of this weird. Well, I'm just saying, like they change these. Well, yeah, they they, like they the, might tweak the, the. It still dialogue. makes sense. So like a lot of the changes, they're Heather. They yes, Heather. Then, a lot of the changes that people that they made, I still think it makes sense. It's it's very consistent throughout the game. So it's not there's not a sudden disconnect at all. So like the support conversation that was removed between Saizo and Baraka, like they're very they're not they're not very flaunty. They're not characters who flaunt their shit. They they don't talk necessarily much. Um, they're they're assassins. They know what their job is. Right so to like, the point. So like a lot of the things that they a lot of the changes that they made. Yeah, they're very drastic changes, but it's also consistent within like the characters' like dialogue and like how they actually react in situations. So, like for Soleil to like to make to remove that landmine, like it still makes sense within the confines of who Soleil's character is. So it, it, that's fine. Like, so I'm just saying, like I understand people why people get upset that these changes exist, but it would be one thing if they made these changes and they didn't necessarily. Um, it's like, you know, digging up a hole and then refilling it with, like, something else so, like, it doesn't look... It's, it's still sort of level... Uh, a level uh, ground. Um, that's what they sort of did. They replaced it with something else, but it's still fine. Like, it, it still and, makes sense. And I know... I saw, you know, when this was coming out, uh, I saw, like, there was a conversation with one of the dragon girls, and she goes, like, rah, rah, that means I love you. That was cute, and, yeah. And like, <laughs> oh like the original, well, the original dialogue is just like, I'm happy and we can be together. I'm so happy. And it's just like, sure, they changed it, but it means it's not, it doesn't mean anything different. And it just kind of plays on like the goofy the intent is personality. There. The intent that I love you is, the intent that I care about you a lot and I love you is, is and that, that childish <laughs> innocence, it's still there. So like. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I think the one thing you can take well, away from all of that is that. I think it's important to raise some of these issues because, as we mentioned, there are there are cases where it's like you didn't really need to make those changes. You know, we could have easily gotten on with it. I think it's like understanding where people stand in the West, like what they understand and what they like can handle, especially when it comes to things such as sexual content and violence and things like that. That I think that once we move on from that. Nintendo understands more about what people care about and what they can appreciate and what they can handle. 
I think that's going to do better for them in the long run because there's been like this kind of weird retraction of having uh, like it's kind of like back in the '90s when Nintendo didn't really think that uh, they didn't they didn't really want these M-rated games on their console. And so like if it means having a game like Fire Emblem Fates having like an M rating, I think would have been far more interesting. And I think that we need more games like that now, uh, ones that handle far more mature topics. So it's like, I wonder what an M-rated Fire Emblem looks I think like. A creative, I think from a creative perspective, that's fine. But we have to understand, like, despite how well Fire Emblem sold, Fire Emblem is still a, a niche series. Um, it wants to have wide appeal from... And it wants to make a return, you know, Nintendo is still business. They want to make the money, that as much money as possible from this localization. And having that M rating would lock out a lot of a lot of people you, that would you probably... You see, that's the thing, is that people make that argument, but some of the best, is, like, selling games ever are rated M, like, such it, as You have to understand, AAA games, the M rated, it doesn't matter. But for niche series, an M rating definitely matters. Well, I think Fire Emblem's I th- grown. I think, I think Fire Emblem, they're trying to sell it to, like kids and teenagers in addition to us so there it's that and i'm not saying that's how it should be i'm just saying that's how nintendo is trying to sell yeah, it now still buy yeah. their kids animated games anyway yeah. as long as it's like if it's just like breaching like breaching to the end like it's like it's it's rated teen but it's getting close to that edge i think that's a totally different thing than straight up like full-on m rated let me, yeah let me let me comment on two things first yeah. of all just going slightly back what we were talking about like dialogue changes i think it's. I think there's definitely a fine line. Not a, maybe not quite a fine line, but they the any sort of localization change should be, you know, faithful to the original, of course. Um, but I I do think they don't have to be so faithful that they can't, you know, put their own personality into it sometimes, and maybe try to, you know, have the characters, you know, um, and maybe. Uh, showcase their personality a little bit more with certain diction or the way that their sentences are phrased and things like that. The original uh, intent should be there still. Well, like, like just uh, sorry, kind of a tangent here. I was playing Geisenworks uh, Summer Night Five not too long ago, and that's that's Victor Ireland, who's from Working Designs, who's done you know a dun- bunch of stuff way back in the day. Uh, yeah, and I know I know there's some there's some I'm weird reference. Like I think when you have references in dialogue, that gets a little weird, but. In Summon Night Five, there there was a lot of colorful dialogue, a lot of uh, playful words and some wordplay, and uh, a lot of you know ways in which characters phrase their sentences. And it was really flowery at times, but it worked really well. Like each character had a had a really distinct and obvious personalities, but it wasn't like cliche. Now I don't know what it was in Japanese, but I, I have a feeling it's, it wasn't quite like that. Um, but I don't think that was a bad thing. Um, that they that they kind of spruced up the dialogue and made it really colorful at times. See, it's it's yeah. unless you've grown up with those games, I don't think people really appreciate it nowadays. I still yeah. get a big kick out of like when Vic Ireland and Gaijin works and Gaijin works and all that when they have a lot of fun with the localization and not make it 100 percent authentic. It's like this anime ghost trick where it's like it's they just had not ghost trick but um was it ghost detective well they just had a lot of fun with the script and so it's like you can't do that now because people take it way too seriously and I think that's yeah the, so it's, same it should, thing happens in Project Cross Zone too right because yeah, yeah, totally. uh, like uh, because you know uh, one of the main characters Xiaomu she's always been uh, you know known in the West as like you know this big nerd and even in Japan she's like a nerd but she, she's more she's more just like in puns in the, in uh, Japan while in uh, the West she's she does a lot of video. games 
game references. Like there's like I can guarantee you that Carmen Sandiego reference in Project Cross Zone Two wasn't yeah. in Japan, but does that like you know really shatter her character? Does it really break her character? And you know for some people it is, some people it doesn't because like it, there's always always going to be this conversation about localization versus tra- like a one to one translation. Uh, people always are always going to want something super authentic because you know th- that's how it was released in uh, over in Japan, so that's why how it should be released here. Uh, so it's like kind of like mirroring what was like in the original release, like you know, like the like the true quote unquote spirit of it. Yeah. And so yeah, and, and ghost stories, I, yeah, I think so, there's always there's a, there's always that case for translations versus localization, right? Like that one on one translation versus changing it. And I think I don't think I have a one on one to one translation ever. Have you seen well, the one to one translations so for like Chrono Trigger? Either really good. hate it or people who really like it. There's, there's always going to be that split regardless. If yeah. uh, if a company, uh, you know. Fire Emblem, uh, they changed Fire Emblem Fates before the release where the translation was a more um, faithful translation of the original Japanese. There would be people bitching about how this certain phrase makes no fucking sense at all. Like, this is only makes sense within the culture, uh, a co- a context of Japanese culture and yada, yada, yada. And then if we did the exact opposite, we would run into the issue of, well, you know, this is supposed to be this way in Japanese because yada, yada, yada. So there's always going to be people on the other side of the coin. That being said, like, we live in America so I can understand America. and I respect the company seeing saying, hey, this is towards an American audience. So therefore, if we change the dialogue so it fits within the context of the American culture, that's not the end of the world. Like, I know, I know some people who have said, like, when you're speaking in English and you're speaking to people you know, you oftentimes don't refer to them by name or, or, or brother or family or whatever. So... Um, like if you're talking to your brother, you don't go brother. You don't, you know, you don't call him that in English. You don't do that. Uh, I do that. Yeah. Hey, brother. <laughs> uh, unless you're like trying to get uh, their attention. But like, so I, I have heard some people in like Final Fate saying it is kind of weird how everyone is calling you big brother, um, and like by that's like your name, even though in, in English that, that almost doesn't sound right either because you don't you don't call your brother brother every time you speak to them. It's it's. Bro, I, but, how do you guys feel that, about what uh what Atlas USA does like in Persona Three and Four? They just do the honorifics just straight up in there, mixed with the English dialogue. So I think they do that nice. because not for cultural reasons. I, I don't think they do that for American cultural reasons. I think they use those because it's set in Japan, so therefore they keep those in there to make it consistent. That's yeah, that's very true. That it's a little different than just a fantasy. Um, yeah, anyways, the a- other thing the other thing I was going to mention I, before I talked about localization changes. I do think it's a little weird that apparently Zach was talking about mature content, but they took out the swimsuits, and I just, that's just kind of like, did they really have to take out the swimsuits? Yeah, that in, was weird. Too. Like, every so, JRPG in the last 10 years or more has had, like, bath costumes or beach The Tales series, they've got yeah, a swimsuit like, DLC. And that's for a long time ago. Like, even, like, Tales of Symphonia had that, and or Tales of the Abyss, like, we're talking a decade plus ago, and all those games are rated teen, so I don't really... It just kind of Dude, it's they like talk oh, about freaking Tears' melons like in one of those uh, what's it called Sk- <laughs> uh, skits in Tales of the Abyss. So like, I, I don't get so that. So you're you're right. I think you bring up a val- very valid point. Like, Adam, but I, and and also like they got rid of like the the chest slider for women in in Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh yeah. And uh, it's like every X. character creator has. You know, a chest a or a boot slider. Yeah, and it's yeah, just... it's like you're making fun of girls who have larger chests at that and, point. It's and like, like come on. <laughs> I, re- I remember playing a Sims game, like I think it was The Sims 2 on PS2 back in 2003 or whatever, and they had a chest slider, and it, 
it was rated teen, and like so, it just things like that that Nintendo does. It's just kind of like so, okay, I, I, <laughs> and it's on I their consoles too. I mean, I don't, I don't think it like ruins the game or anything, but it's just kind of a big question mark. Like, uh, yeah, okay, to, like to what degree? Weird. Like, uh, like uh, because because like it, I, it, Nintendo is on this weird like kind of spree of like omitting content or changing of content for their Western releases. Like, I know like the earliest. Most recent one that I, I can think of was like the Fatal Frame on the Wii U. You know, they got rid of like the lot like those lingerie revealing outfits and like replaced it like the Zero Suit Samus and I think another uh, character. And like uh, it's just it's when odd because like like why like are, are those games rated M anyway? Audience. Are those games I think they're rated M? M. Yeah, I think Fatal yes. Frame is rated uh, rated M. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's got it's obviously like a right. horror game. But like yeah, yeah. Like when was the last time a, a Western RPG was on a Nintendo console? Because I'm trying to think like there's I don't, I don't remember great. since, like, maybe... Deus Ex is on Wii U. Mass that's Effect true. Wii U. <laughs> was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, that's like, right, launch title. So oh, I understand man. wherever all of y'all are coming from, but at the same time, like, I think from... And it's just me playing devil's advocate. I think from where Nintendo's coming from is if they think there's a hint that it'll contribute to an M rating, they just straight up to remove it. That's, well, I think that's, what, I, I think I, that's I, the mindset. Don't, and get like, me, don't don't get me wrong. None of these none of these changes like ruin the game for me. I'm not going to no, go out not. there and boycott boycott the game or whatever. But I do think it's like I know some people. It seems like if they change anything, they're like, I'm not supporting Nintendo, and just like, well, I don't care about it that much. I'll still yeah. enjoy. I'll still enjoy like, the 98 really percent of the game that's rubbing? there. Like really, yeah. do you really need face rubbing? But, but, I, like, but I, it's, like, it's still it's still worth oh. questioning. Like okay, but for yeah. some people, oh, no, that's, that's, that's the thing. Psychologics there. It's like when you. Sorry. Nintendo's like the overly protective parent. They they sort of decide what's sort of going to be the best for us and just start removing shit because they think that's like, oh, it's too much. We we, we can't give you a boob slider because everyone's just going to, you know, these are all 13-year-old raging hormone-ass, like, uh, kids who are going to just make their boobs, like, fucking huge. And Xenoblade <laughs> I think, like, like with every movement do. that you can talk just about, there's fuck. always some points that you can point out and say, okay, well, you've got you've got a good point there. Like, some of the things you're talking about make a lot of sense when it comes to people upset about localizations or like upset about journalists or anything like that. Like, Oh yeah, I see that you've got some points there. I, it's just that you get some people also mixed in with that movement who are kind of extremists who take yeah. it way too far. It, 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 there's so a discussion to be there's, to like reel it back a little bit. Yeah, there's a discussion yes. to be had, but there's a, there's some people who are just obnoxious and yeah, they, they they make it they just drown they drown out they drown out the people that are actually trying to hold a conversation. And yeah. it's just, I think I, that's great. I, I want to talk I want to talk more to the people that want to have that conversation because I think it's important. Definitely, the translation versus localization. You will always hear about people who actually do the work that say no, we we can't do that little translation because there's a lot of words that don't exist in the english language so you I, can't do that um, i see i, I, like I see local, i see localizers make fun sometimes how like japanese uh just japanese sentence structure in general they they repeat themselves more than yes and than, than, or use than ellipses than to convey emotion you're like no you can't do and that. <laughs> and so if you if you just translate it you end up getting characters just repeating themselves i, I forget what it was but one visual novel like the phrase it cannot be helped so it said like more than a hundred times or something and, <laughs> oh and, i know this and, oh and the visual novel. Wait, sounds really familiar yeah. uh, i just saw yeah. it on twitter so i don't know what it is so it's like stuff like that it's like okay if you want to pull out a th- thesaurus or use your own imagination to try to get people to you know ch- change up their wording sometimes to make things flow better well, yes, it's also, that's, I think, yes, that's I, I think it's a Japanese the, uh, title. I think it's a certain Trails Japanese title. phrases also just they're used like they have certain Japanese phrases have like a lot more meanings than it would in American language. Like for us, like we distinguish 
like we have certain phrases that mean multiple things, but at the same time, like our language is very large, allows for various phrasing structures for various different intents. With, with, whereas Japanese, like they have this set phrase that's adapt, that's been adapted throughout the years, decades, and centuries to mean multiple things that wouldn't yeah. necessarily translate over properly if we did it. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the very end of Final Fantasy X, where Yuna says "arigato" in Japanese, but they changed it to "I love you" in English, and that you know some people are like, "No, yeah. you changed it. You ruined the scene," and it's just like, "Oh, come on." That's uh, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, that's a very important. Like, point. It, it goes back to the intent, right? Like, what is the intent of like Yuna saying that, right? I mean, does changing it to "I love you" really change the intent? Probably not. I mean, they, they had a big scene together, so it's not like it's it's beyond people to understand what's happening. But right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think at, at this point, uh, like we're kind of like you know, just like splitting hairs at this point. It's like uh, we understand that, like, you know, like English and Japanese are very different languages. And I think uh, for, for me personally, like the bottom line is like just moving forward. It's OK to like, you know, acknowledge these changes, point them out, spread the word. But don't be like a huge douchebag about it. Well, don't do, like you get like. You gotta like. There's a there's an easy, uh, not easy, but there's a there's a more informative, uh, mature co- way to convey, like you know, like uh, this sort I, of like localization I, I, type I actually, side. And yeah, you're you're yeah. exactly right. I actually don't remember what the website is, but I see it linked on Twitter here and there. There were there's some fan who actually will basically say. Uh, in a polite, you know, not biased way, like, all right, so here's what the Japanese says, and here's what the English translation is, and he, let's see, let's talk about the differences. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember reading that for like, uh, I'm bringing up a bunch of different examples here, but the in the final in the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker, Ganondorf's final speech, it's kind of spruced up in English, and he actually says quite a few more words. Um, and um, I just they I remember there was a post talking about how that's different than in Japanese where it's where it's kind of more straightforward. But yeah, it's just, I just I do think now that especially in the in today's day and age where we can easily make those comparisons, um, we should make those comparisons, but we shouldn't you know go crazy if they if things change here and there. The internet is a forum where it's just <laughs> it takes everything to the most hyperbolic degree. Like that's just the nature of the internet. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like I'm guilty of this too. Like. On, on Gap, I'll post <laughs> you definitely don't are. <laughs> you like, don't re- say. Just listen to my previous podcast. Like the most hyperbolic shit you can ever fucking think of. <laughs> the most like fuck. It's That's so bad. bad. Anyway, but that being said, like people use extremities to describe how they feel. I, I guarantee you, if you really think about it, there are actually very few people who actually um, think how they uh, uh, think and feel the exact way they actually are saying it on the internet. So. Like, I understand, like, also the perspective, you know, playing devil's advocate again. Like, like I understand the idea of expressing it in your displeasure or pleasure of something to the most, you know, to the utmost extreme. Um, I think it's important just to point out that sometimes these localizers have to behold to Nintendo's, like, the, the suits in the room saying, like, no, you can't. You have to edit yeah. this out. You have to change this. Who have to answer right. the stock? Yeah. Which so, might be so, up, right? Which yeah, might so be like, I know, I know Niche Maragos, who used to work at—I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly—but he used to work at Atlas, and now he's at Nintendo. Uh, he he said that he was working on Fates, and then he starts getting bombarded with all these people, like you know, harassing him and saying he ruined it and all that. When uh, some of these changes, he didn't probably have c- 
creative control over you no, know they don't Nobas so, don't have I mean, any creative control well i mean they, they have, they have, they have some control over like what wording and phrasing they use but like in terms of like like the swimsuits being cut out like you're 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 you're, you're clawing at the wrong guy yeah uh, that's that's and that's also it just in kind of what kind of what kyos or simon was saying um uh, <laughs> that's a sandal uh <laughs> is that uh like we we on our RPG site we tweeted like uh, Nintendo announced that they sold thirty th- or three hundred thousand copies and then we're all of a sudden some people are like all oh, those people should be ashamed. Oh like, yeah, oh, the, we, were, we were really went off on on that. There was like a long conversation in our Twitter account of people just talking and talking back and forth fighting over it. It's like three hundred thousand people that are probably going to return all their copies. I'm like, come on, guys. Why should Nintendo be ashamed of selling a product that is, it'd be one thing if sold a really shitty product, right? Like they sold, they sold like a Corvette made with like Toyota parts on the inside, like Toyota Camry parts. (laughs) I nailed them on that. But like, like it'd be one thing if they did that, but that's not what they did. They created a rock solid product that's better than Awakening. It deserves to have. I would be legitimately sad I, if it actually sold less than three hundred thousand. Well, like, yeah. That, considering first of all, considering it's two versions, it, it you know that that kind of dilutes that number a little bit. Like, of course, it's going to sell more than Awakening, which had one right. version. But yeah, I, I, I just think I just think if you're upset, like if you're actually legitimately not just puzzled, but actually upset at some of the changes you see in the English version, the last the silliest thing to do is to like, you know, is to insult people who. Who did buy the game and who who are who are surprised, maybe even enjoying it? That's yeah, just that's just petty. That's, Anyways, that's I wish that it, atta- don't don't attack attack the game. Don't attack the people that like it. Um, but let's let's go ahead and just yep. kind of wrap things up on Fire Emblem Fates. And so, Simon, how many hours have you put into that game so far? Do you really want to know? Uh, no. Oh yeah. Ask. Yeah. Let's do it. That's it's true. A really oh. disgusting amount. That's good. Okay. Then What's the disgusting amount? Yeah. I would say it's about like thirty-five hours right now. Oh, that's disgusting. That's... Filthy. Disgusting. Okay, filthy. You, have really, you have to understand, like, it's 35 hours. Oh, wait. That's, it's, game, yeah, well, that's game clock. That doesn't count all the time. Yeah, yeah that's right? all the stats. <laughs> and uh, I've been playing What's since last week. So, yeah, you can just imagine. Like, that's... That, plus that, around? Between work and life, like, yep, that's a that's a, that's, that's a that's lot. That's a lot of time, yeah. So, when do you um, when do you expect to have your review up? Um, I expect to have my review up sometime probably next week or the week after. I want to make sure I'm very thorough with it, um, sure, since course. the game's already released anyway. Um, I'm going to put a little spin on it, you know, talking a little about some of the changes that Bates has made um, compared yeah. to its uh, predecessors. Um, and then I'll have Revelations out. Um, I'll also make Revelation the review for Revelations probably a little bit different um, as a culmination oh. between Birthright and Conquest and sort of like um, how it compares and then Adam will have Birthright up. It might be a little later. I'm kind of on a couple of other things. I'll probably be getting Zelda soon. Heard it here first. Yeah. So for the most part, it seems like our view is going to be mostly focused on Conquest. But, you know, I we all look forward to the review. Um, I'm actually very much interested just because I haven't really put much time into that series. But Awakening was a great game. So I'm excited to see what Fates is like. And then we can move on to see um, the Wii U Fire Emblem game that I'm most excited about. Yanabe and Roku? Yes. That, so that's going to have some, inter- that's hey. gonna have some interesting uh, yeah, conversations. It's <laughs> RPG time. Let's do I'm it. I'm so ready. Like, this, right. is, this, is, this is the height of the Fire Emblem franchise. This is, where it was, this is where we've all been heading towards. Awakening, Fates, they've been all moving towards this direction. Thank yes. you for giving us waifus. Let's no, sarcasm. Oh. Don't use that term ever again. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad term in this podcast. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Simon, for here. talking to us about Fireman Fates.
Yeah, thank you. Oh, wait. So Simon's part isn't done yet. I have a question for Simon. What? This is waifu? Oh, no, no. But Simon... <laughs> I, don't uh, like, answer, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> okay, Simon. I know you've been playing this hit mobile game called Fate Grand Order that I uh, oh, shamefully <laughs> introduced you to months ago. Oh. I know there's a collaboration event uh, in that uh, game with Kara no Kyokai, the Garden of the Sinners. And I hear that you were trying to uh, roll a, a very special card for it. Yeah, I rolled a lot of gems. So if you're not familiar with gacha games, you get resources, usually with money. Um, I didn't use money in this game, not yet. Mm -hmm. I might really sound good. Sure. Um, to get this character that I really like, um, I'm a huge fan of Karno Kyokai. Um, actually, I'm a huge fan of Youth Potable series, or Youth Potable, like the animator uh, organization as a whole. So, uh, like, they did Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night, um, Unlimited Blade Works, which was not very good, by the way. They did God Eater, um, and one of the collaborations they did was um, uh, with Delight Works, who made Fate Grand Order, and they have the infamous heroine protagonist of the uh, Garden of Sinners franchise, uh, Shiki, in it, and I really wanted it. I fucked up. So... How many gems? How many gems? I did 30 rolls. I thought it would be enough. Oh my god, that is a lot of gems. I did 30 rolls. God damn it. So I thought, need... like, so, so... And that there, is the business there model. Three, there are rankings for the servants you can get, the characters. One, two, one star, two star, three star, four star, and five star. Five star is actually the highest you can get. And I rolled a five star um, back early in December. I actually took a screenshot of when I did the roll. So just in case, like, I'm going to roll at this time. Because maybe... Somehow, I feel like if I roll it this time, I'll get it. So I started rolling around that time before and after. I like took plus and minus like X amount of minutes into account. I'm going to roll it this time, and I still didn't fucking get it. I was so mad. I was like, God damn it. So what you need to play is a little game called Battle Girl High School. That, a video get out of here. on our YouTube <laughs> channel that I keep getting really good rolls for. So maybe that'll be the next thing you should investigate on. So but, I, 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 have a feeling, I have a feeling yeah, Simon will like it a lot. Yeah. It's a game that Simon would love, I think. So I'm actually not a big fan of mobile games in general because I'm a really. Now you say that after I just bring it up. I just oh, this, sorry. this type moon, okay? Type moon but is very I selective. Love, I do love type moon. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like type moon's uh, IPs. Um, I would say Garden of Sinners is probably actually my favorite out of um, what's it called Tsukihime and the Fate series. Tsukihime. But, I would, I would, I would, stuff. I would highly recommend not playing Fate Grand Order if you don't want your life <laughs> I ruined. Have, I it's have, not a good game. I haven't if touched you, it. If you at don't all. want your life ruined, I would highly recommend not playing it. And I would watch the anime to listen to the glorious soundtrack made by the beloved Yuki Kajira because oh, it is. Yeah. I, have, I have to be honest. You guys are like boring me to hell. <laughs> oh, all right, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Adam you don't have to talk about we'll it sure if you don't want to. Talk about this for the next two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I done. should mention that Breath of Fire 6 came like out. Like, my eyes are glazing over. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Moving Breath of Fire, Breath of Fire 6. 6, man. Moving on. That's awesome. Actually, it's uh, not a bad game. At least the soundtrack is awesome. Breath of Fire 6. Breath of Fire 6. It's an action RPG, but you, Josh, you and I, we have to make a video of that sometime. I, I actually haven't downloaded yet. Because I, got to, <laughs> I, got I got super disheartened because someone sent my way um, what the gacha rates uh, are in that game. And oh, let's just say, you saw that? Let's it's like just a tenth say, of a okay, percent? No, like, to get a five star in that game is literally less than one percent. You have a 0.33% chance of rolling a five star. Oh my freaking god, what? That game. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh that's what the picture says. I'm like, oh, oh. man. Oh. 
I don't know, know about what they're this. trying to sell. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, that, that might, you know, you know what? Like, the miraculous thing about this is, like, Fate Grand Order might have better rates than it because of that. So, you see an Exxon, if he tried his hand, not, he'd be there for years. Experience. So, so the, like, the, like, the whole grand sum of, like, this conversation is, don't play Fate Grand Order. I keep trying to tell people that. I try to, like, make up for the sins that I've done getting people into it. And don't play Battle Girls High School and don't play Breath of Fire 6. Oh my... Uh, well, we'll find out. You have to still play it before you start judging it, buddy. <laughs> Judge! I would probably, say probably won't be it. though, for our new section. I didn't think much about it, so... I don't know. Right. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it down. I don't know. Alright, so good. Alright, so... That was terrible. Sorry. I tried real hard. <laughs> Moving on to news. Now, as of February the 27th, which is the date of the recording of this podcast, we have a lot of news to talk about. First off, today is the 20th anniversary of the Pokemon series. Um, I have is it really 20 history. years old since Pokemon? Like, yes. Yeah, we're all the games, old. The games. Fuck. And then the anime came after, and I remember watching the first episode when it showed up um, ever on Fox or something. I forget if it was on Fox itself. But it was I, WB. I, maybe it was, yeah, it was WB, you're right. Yeah, so I was uh, watching that show and um, got and we, super into it. And we all want it. to be the very best. Yes, uh, memorize that, and also learning... The second opening was way better than Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> By the way. Oh and Pokemon anime is still running. Yes. And Ash so... is still 10 years old. My history of Pokemon... <laughs> my history of Pokemon is that I bought Blue, and I got played, like, a ton of... I spent a lot of time with that game, and then I played Pokemon Stadium. I lost my Pokemon Blue, so I couldn't use it with Pokemon Stadium. That upset me. Um, and then I think I played Yellow a little bit. Um, watched the movie, and that was like the first movie I ever went to see by myself. And then I got like a Holofoil Charizard card, and that was like my big uh, claim for that. Uh, then I stopped doing anything related to Pokemon. I think it's because they banned the trading card game when I was in Boy Scouts, so stopped playing oh, that. The yeah. movie was over. Yeah, it sucks. I quit Boy Scouts not long after that. Parts, period at school. Like, Pokemon was the reason. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. That, that was I, I. That was my reason for being in Boy Scouts because I played that game with against other kids. But then I stopped going to Scouts after that. Um, but yeah, stop with that. I kind of quit that whole series cold turkey. So I'm gonna oh. have to rely on you guys to talk about the biggest news, which is that Nintendo just announced um, just this morning. Um, was it this morning? It was. Oh, yesterday. Yesterday morning. I'm sorry. I was at work because I was at work today. So yeah. it's like it's all a blur. They announced Pokemon Sun and Moon, the latest it's entries the longest, in the Pokemon series. It was the longest the Nintendo Direct before. ever. Yeah. It was, it was like, leaked the day before, though. So. Yeah. Uh, it was registered on the European um, um, trademark. Like yeah, I the, didn't the know ratings. Nintendo made. Uh, I, wait, it's called Pokemon Sun and Moon? I didn't. I thought it was. Uh, I thought Nintendo was making a new Mega Man game. They were remaking the old Battle Network series. Oh, Man, oh, that's like, actually a good point. They sound kind of similar, don't they? Okay, so anyways, um, Game Freak took a year off last year. There was no Pokemon game, which I think that was like the first year in a while. When they, Wait, they no, I thought they one. made Oras. That, make... was, that, was, that was 2014. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, was it? Yeah, so last year there was... There no was wonder po- last year was so good. <laughs> yeah, so, so last year there was Super Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, but that's, that's Spike Chunsoft, so that's, you know... Yeah. I, I, it was kind of obvious that Game Freak was working on something... I know some people were expecting like a Pokemon uh, Z. Z, uh, is it Z or I, yeah, I get, Z. Z. yeah, but I don't think they'd had to take a year off to make uh, like one of those like game of the year editions or whatever you want to call those. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the newest the newest generation. It's the the seventh generation now. 
Eight? I think. I think. It's, is it the? I think it's the seventh generation. That's well, what people are kind of upset about because they oh, wanted Z. They see. got generation seventh generation. Surprise! What do you think I'm about Andrea? Now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we, have, we have a guest <laughs> star, Andrea. What? What, what walked into the room. Pokemon, Pokemon, unfortunately. Are you a Pokemon master? Do yep. You know yeah, Pokemon? It, it is the seventh. It is the seventh generation. I just counted the starters. By the way, we're. I live. haven't played one since, since X. So. X. See, you guys. Everyone here is more qualified to talk about Pokemon than I am. So I'm just going to play. I played. <laughs> my last I've, experience with, with Pokemon was Pokemon X, and then like after like two to three hours, I was like, "Wow, Pokemon's not really for me anymore." Oh god. <laughs> like, with the awesome Team Rocket to, to music fair, that they though, play. X was not a very now. good game. X, Pokemon X and Y were not very good Pokemon games. Like, but it has the best professor. So. It did have the best professor. I, I will say this though. Um, I think then. I don't know if Nintendo is trying to keep everything under wraps just because that's the nature of their business and they don't renounce information until like two months before release like they did with Kirby Epic Yarn, but I don't know. Um, I am legitimately interested in this new Pokemon game mostly because it's towards the end of the 3DS's life cycle, which, yeah. I mean, they've done that before. They released Pokemon towards the end of the original DS's life cycle that was black and white and then yeah. they released black yeah. and white too. Um, which was also odd. Um, so Some I'm wondering exactly too. how much how much time and effort they actually invested into this generation. Because if I remember correctly, they actually did not add that many Pokemon to Black and White. Like, well, okay, I, I get them mixed up. What were the most previous games that weren't the uh, the Ruby Sapphire remakes? X and Y. Silver? X and Y. Sorry, I get I get Black and White and X and Y okay, flipped so around, just, I think. Just to keep, catch everyone up, it's Pokemon Blue, Red first. Yeah, at least in America, it was you know green and red, obviously. But that's because that's because green and blue in Japan were yeah, used to be yeah. considered the same color. <laughs> right, and then there and then there's gold and silver, which was the second generation. After that was followed by ruby and sapphire, which made third. Then we had diamond and pearl, which was fourth. After that we had black and white, which was fifth. And then after that we had X and Y, which was the sixth generation. And then there was a there was a black and white too thrown in there as well. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's black and white. So that's, too. That was the, instead of a gray, they went with that. Yeah, which okay, so was I, th <laughs> I, I, I think I think the, the the coolest thing that like of course of the, like the scarce news that you had of uh, Sun and Moon is like now you can uh, transfer Generation One Pokemon to it via the Pokemon Bank yeah. that can link to like the virtual console releases of Red, Blue, and Yellow. And okay, then... so I'm not Pokemon. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent up to date with like the new Pokemon mechanics, but I know. In the in the newest releases, like Pokemon's have traits and they have like an inherent ability and these things, and they don't in the original release. So I wonder if they just kind of have to like randomly generate that if you transfer I, it. Up. I think they're gonna start randomly generating. Like things. if you have if you have a Pikachu and then you transfer it to Sun Pokemon Sun, it just automatically assigns it a trait and its ability. Oh or, man, they, we're gonna have people praying for RNG. Oh <laughs> more. god! Oh. Get the gotcha roll going. <laughs> or they might have certain, they might have, they might just, what they do is they might do it so it's just, if you're actually transferring it these from these versions, it already comes with a set trait and characteristic, is what they might Zach, do. Zach, I got it. I got it. They should yeah. have a gotcha system for the traits so there's rarity levels, right? Oh, cool. oh, and yeah. you, have to play, you have to put in like this weird currency, like maybe a badge currency in it. Like, you know, just like for three badges, you can roll for maybe, you know, four star trait. So what you're yeah. saying is that Nintendo's uh, entry into the mobile market is going to start with Pokemon on the handhelds. No, they... uh... I, I will say this is probably going to be the last, like, 
Well, the thing is, the, well, this is probably well, the last series Pokemon Generation will probably have. Well, that, that, well the thing is, with dedicated cons- or dedicated handheld, you know, sales just continuing to dip, and Nintendo NX being who knows what, some hybrid thing, some mobile functionality, who knows what it is. So, like, if this is the last 3DS game, like, I wonder, you know, we don't really know what the next Nintendo console or handheld or whatever is going to be, and I, whatever Pokemon is going to end up being on that. So, I would you know what's the biggest tragedy? Could, I would not be surprised if the new Pokemon game, Pokemon Go, has integration with Pokemon Bank, and you can bring that to the NX mm-hmm. platform. Oh, yeah, I can see and that. And then tie that yeah. with all the other Pokemon games. I would not be surprised if that's the case. I think that's, I think that's... I integrate with Pokemon Snap for the. So I think, NX. I think <laughs> right now, right now, in, right now in Oras, Omega Ruby, and uh, Alpha Sapphire, you can get all the Pokemons. I think you can after all the new legendaries come out this year, towards the end of this year, because every month they're handing out a legendary. You can get every single Pokemon on a 3DS game and put it into the Pokemon Bank. Are, are you going to catch them all? Dude, fuck. <laughs> and with the inclusion and with, right. the, with the with the addition of uh, Sun and Moon. You're now going to be able to have all those Pokemons also as well, and then which is an excellent segue title into the NX platform where you can you know tie that in with Pokemon Go. I think that's like the, if if that's the ultimate goal, then that's great. Actually, that should be their ultimate goal. If this is not the case, they've done fucked up. Just okay. Well, well they've done fucked up when they didn't make a new Pokemon Snap for the Wii U because it's fucking built oh, for that. Oh my god, it's such an easy thing to do. Oh, oh my god. god. Well, I will say so, that's but, very so, stadium. Instead of instead of making Pokemon Snap Wii U, they made Poke Pokemon Tournament Pokemon. <laughs> oh, Pokemon Tournament. That's just Conquest. A game, the best awesome. one. There's wait, no Conquest love at all. Is is that the is that the wait? What, what was that Pokemon? That was the one with was like Nobunaga's ambition or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't. Yeah. I heard that was good. Was it? Con- it was really good. Oh. Conquest I, was really good. It's like the tactics Pokemon game. I'm actually, I, I've never got around to playing that. I actually, I actually totally forgot that existed. And when Andrea said Conquest, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Andrea Fire really Emblem. wants to circle back to Fire Emblem, all right? And you're going to give her her spotlight in Fire I, Emblem in a bit. I will say that the series needs to make some, not massive changes, but it does need to spice things up a little bit. Sort of like, you know, with the intro- I think it was with the introduction of the third generation that they started introducing Eevee and Ivies. Pokemon if I remember Andrew. correctly, or maybe it was the second year. Like, they need to add some things to make Pokemon different and change it up, even if it's, you know, from a visual standpoint. Like, well, I remember when... Well, recently, the, the, I, I don't know, I remember if it was X and Y or, or, or Mega Rupi and Sapphire, that they made it fully 3D now. There were, like, all the, all, all the Pokemon X and Y made it fully 3D, right? So now, that, that now, now, those games don't run very well, from what I can see and tell, so... <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of frame rate and just loading and all that, so hopefully they can they've smoothed those out. <laughs> right. All right, all right. So, so, so let, let's right, wrap this but... up. Like, what well, name your one most like requested feature out of Sun and Moon? One. One. Fuck. One. There's too many. Uh, uh, you're, 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 you're can combine for... with Pokemon to become like human Pokemon. <laughs> Zach, get out of here! No, come on, think about po- it. You Pokemon, be a, like Pokemon, a Eevee. Pokemon <laughs> Tamers? No, Pokemon Fusion. Pokemon, you fuse with the Pokemon to <laughs> become walking Pokemon. No, not, not fuse it. with them. Like you fuse them together, like Digimon. Yeah, that's horribly wrong. Oh man, that's, I think <laughs> that happened actually in Digimon. I think in Digimon you yeah. did like humans did fuse with Digimon at it's one like point. Like well, yeah, four of it. Yeah. yeah. What was Intei in that movie? Did. Wasn't he like a person or something? I don't yeah. know. He was in love with Ash's mom. I am. Oh my gosh. 
Jesus. I am not up to date with Pokemon anime canon. <laughs> this was like when we were really little. I know. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's the third was, movie. This was when Pokemon was see, like, the first, I only saw the first one. I don't. Oh. So my most requested feature in the new the new game would be actually the <laughs> removal of triple battles. I don't know why fucking triple battles exist. And don't add actually it don't uh, don't add um, another uh, type at all. Don't do that anymore. Like these are don'ts. Two changes. So like One, don't add right. another like fairy type is okay. the most like what the fuck dude. Bring like, back right. the Pokemon to be a master album and make it the soundtrack to this new game. That's like and, that's, um, that's so that's Zach's. <laughs> all right, Adam. And then I would I would actually say. At, make it so like I think one of the the best Pokemon games still to this date is Gold and Silver or Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I, and, I, have any of the games since Gold and Silver had like had like the the, the cell phone system? Yes, <laughs> that that was, it was really basic in that game. It was just like you have. I don't. I haven't played some. I I played up to Black or I played Diamond and Pearl, which is the fourth gen, and I think I played a little bit of X or Black. Black, not X, and then nothing up past that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like they they took features from the cell phone thing and put it back, but like since oh. then, like we haven't had a really so. I mean, well, I, I, all I was gonna say was maybe uh, something like that, um, but I guess with the 3DS actually being able to you know trade with your actual friends, it's kind of pointless. But who knows, whatever. <laughs> like. Gold and Silver War is great, not because it only had 16 fucking dungeons. Like, it had 16 fucking awesome dungeons. Or, or gems. Like, it also was an extremely well-paced game. Like, X and Y is, like, the worst-paced Pokemon game since, like, Diamond and fucking Diamond and Pearl. Like, it was just bad. So... I'm not familiar like, enough with these games to even, like, need to, be cognizant well, there was, of these There was a period where you did one gym, and then there was... And then, like, it was another, like, five to ten hours before you ran into the next gym. And then after that, it's like back to back gym after one after one after after one after like in an hour like period. I was like, what the fuck? So okay. like, they just need to make a better pace system and give us fucking sixteen. And then also like give us a better end like end game like trainer fight. Like nothing beats red. Like I don't yeah. understand. It's been like almost two decades. I'm like 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 right under two decades since we had a trainer fight that's as epic as going against red. Like what the fuck? I don't understand. All I right, mean, I, Adam. What? Your what? Your one most requested feature for Sun and Moon. I don't even know because I'm not. I'm not. I like. I just don't play enough Pokemon to really even know what I would so want. Kind of like me. All right. So, Andrea, <laughs> how about you? All I right. don't know either because I haven't played since X. But maybe like the option to like take Professor Sycamore out on a date. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Social Let's do links. this. <laughs> Make a, a quasi-dating sim. We need this in these games. Okay, so right. Adria wants a Pokemon visual we... novel out of Sun and Moon. Yes, we need like the All portraits, right. the 2D no. portraits. Right. And you Pokemon mean in the park, like in 101 Dalmatians. Like, Pokemon Ultimate Games. Yes, Ultimate <laughs> I think Andrea would love Ultimate Games, I think. Uh, the Pokemon <laughs> Ultimate Game. I, I see her importing stuff all the time. So. I do. <laughs> there must have been a, there must be a fan version out by now of a, a Pokemon Ultimate game, and I want to see you play it. <laughs> see I'll stream like. it. Yes, <laughs> you should definitely stream it. Someone needs to link her to that. So, <laughs> all right. So yeah. Um, so Wait, that's Pokemon we, Sun and Moon, and now we've got Ease Eight. Now we've got a lot of news about Ease Eight. Before we go into Ease Eight, before we go into Ease Eight. Uh, before we go into East 8, I want to give Andrea her little spotlight on Fire Emblem Bates because she did miss out on the little chat. Andrea, you have 
30 seconds on Fire Emblem Fates. Go. Oh my god, I love Birthright so much. Okay, so I really like Jacob and I really like Kaze, but I really like what's his face too, main big brother guy. But I was like, that's really weird to marry your brother, so I didn't marry my brother. Um, and I chose Kaze instead, and I have forsaken Jacob to, um, what's her name? Hannah. And I'm really sad about that. But I'm on chapter 13 and I love it a lot. And that, that's really all I have to say chapter because 13, I can't say a lot without spoilers. Up. I heard chapter 10 is a pain in the ass, so I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, it is. All right, so, that, was, that was a nice, uh, like, quick <laughs> segment right there. She was just I basically like talking it. about her like loves it. in that game. That, 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 <laughs> that's, that's all I needed to do. Nothing about the game itself. It's, but, well, no, it's... The well, game is good. That is part of the game. That's good. It's, yeah, it's, match, so. it's matchmaker emblem. Yeah, yeah, matchmaker emblem. It's like you choose yeah. your husbands and your wives. That's all you do. Yeah. All right, it's so, all about eugenics. You... Yes. It was acceptable back then to marry your sisters. The series is about. You're all fucking ruining this shit. You can marry your husband, your sisters and brothers because that was acceptable in that type of era. I had to draw a line there. I can see Simon's review score going down for each minute on this. Come on now. We're all accepting. It's just how it was. All right, so. Um, big news of Ease 8 is the fact that there are going to be dual protagonists. Adam, you typed up a, a story about this. And actually, we've done a few different posts. Okay, 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 okay. So last week, we already talked about a, couple, a lot of the big things in terms of the, the characters that were announced. And yep. it's, it's, it's supposed to be like Celsetta, uh, uh, if I ever say it right. Um, it only with the, the monsters are bigger, and it's got some of the other same systems. Um, we already talked about Dana a little bit, but basically they revealed that, yes, she is the dual protagonist. She appears in Adol's dreams, so she's totally separate from the main party. Oh, she um, like a, a story she doesn't have a sword. She has half moon sword. Yeah, she oh has like these, two of them. Yeah, so, of them. <laughs> so uh, I think we mentioned this last time as well, but there is some speculation that what if you control her solo? Like in the old, not the well, not the I guess not that old, but the the the, the PC East games, um, um, where, where rather than like East Celsetta or East Seven, where you control her solo, maybe where the party systems with that all that hasn't been confirmed yet, but um, yeah, so it's not really that much new from what we already talked about last time, but basically uh, that that she 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 shares the key art with that all. Her name is Dana. That's the titular name. Um, the title of the game is the Lacrimosa of Dana which is Latin for, like, the sadness of Dana or the weeping of Dana. So that kind of gives you a hint what the game might be about. <laughs> and she lives in an advanced society that we don't know much about, and there's some connection with the, uh, with the island that Adol washes ashore onto, but we really don't know yet. So yeah, I'm, getting, like, Link of, I'm getting, like, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? That's awesome, though. Is, uh, maybe yeah. it's, so it's not so much that those dual protagonists, it's kind of like, sounds like a little bit like Final Fantasy VIII. When Squall goes to sleep and he wakes up and he's Laguna, so he's like, he's like, now you're making me sad that like Dana is a Laguna. We should take like, bets right now whether she dies at the end or not. Oh my god! Oh man! Well, we definitely know she'll be forgotten. Well, by the next we don't game. E we don't even know if they're like in the same plane of existence or same time. We don't even know. Yeah, still so little details about that. So, is there anything else that they revealed about Ease Eight besides uh, Dana? Uh, not that we already talked. Not that we haven't much. already talked I mean, about. She's, she's like her. Obviously, her swords have the slasher tribute, so we they went over like the awesome. three. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah she's awesome. extremely underclothed. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, nuggets? Right, moving on, <laughs> moving on to Furious Caligula, which is a crazy name to have for a game. Is this like a weird on... segue? Of, like, yeah, let's talk about Caligula. So. What is Caligula? It sounds okay, like I, I, I covered this, so I'll talk You've about this. You covered all of them. I think you should just be our go-to news guy. So well, I, I'm the one who posts all of them. Okay, so Furuyu 
they're kind of an odd company. They are. They uh, have a lot of misses. Well, but. they 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 make games that are like they always do. inspired from something else, and yeah. sometimes they they miss badly. For example, oh, one, one, like one of their more recent games was The Legend of Legacy, That's which. Not even it. Well, which was basically this is a saga game, like the, was the old Etcetera saga. Etcetera was another game from them. Uh, well, Etcetera. Oh, anyways. that game was bad. <laughs> all right, so the Legend of Legacy was like this is a saga game um, with all the same mechanics, and we have some of the saga writers and you know the main staff. They're all working on this game, um, and then the game comes out, and yes, it's kind of like a saga game, but it, it had a lot of issues, and it wasn't really well received, and it just kind of blah, blah. Um, and then they had some other games like um, they had Lost Dimension, which I reviewed it for the site and I kind of hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not a very big fan of the, the Furu games I've played. Um, but anyways, this game, it's called Caligula. It's the, the, the main thing they're advertising about it is being written by the guy who wrote Persona 1 and Persona 2. Oh, that's uh, which is, uh, those are a bit different than 3 and 4 um, in their narratives. Darker, more mature. They're darker. Sure. They're kind of silly though. Still, like I mean, you have Hitler in one of the games. Yeah, Hitler too. Hitler too. Yeah. I don't want the sequel. Came out wrong. There we go. I didn't like the first movie, so let's not see a sequel, please. Okay, so the, basically, um, the premise of the game is is that there is this world. Um, let me pull up the story here. Mobius. Mobius. And Mobius is like a fake virtual reality, and it's created by a vocaloid named Mew, like the, uh, like the, the um, Greek letter. it's like the Greek letter yeah. for micro, the UN thing. Uh, Just like in live. And um, <laughs> basically, people who end up in this world, they forget about the real world, and they, they live out like a Groundhog's Day sort of. Uh, I, ideal three-year high school life. It's three years being normal Japanese high school term. Um, and they repeat this basically endlessly. Um, now, some of the people in this uh, Mobius world realize that it's not the real world, and they want to get back home. They want to get back to Earth, you know, the real world. And they create a return home club or a going home club. Um, and they are opposed by a group. So there's a group of nine students, so it's kind of like it's it's supposed to be it seems to be like they're they're calling it a school RPG like persona inspired and all that. Go figure. Yeah, nine students and they're opposed by nine uh vocaloids or nine musicians. Um each of these musicians in Japan, they're like backed by music from a popular Japanese vocaloid artist, I guess. I'm not familiar with them, but yeah, uh, it's just a robot. Oh, yeah, like a, well, I, I'm, I'm familiar with what a Vocaloid is. I'm not familiar with the various artists <laughs> that there are. But each, apparently each of these opposing characters is basically representing a Vocaloid artist. Um, and they're trying to make their way back home. And the, the, I guess the hook is, is that some of these characters, we don't know why they ended up in Mobius in the first place. Maybe they wanted to escape reality. Um, so there's some, some oddities there. Um, about if they're going home to a place that they maybe don't want to go back to. So that's kind of all we really know about the game right now. It's got a turn-based battle system. I guess Here's the they... one thing I'm confused about. The game's name is Caligula, right? Yeah, so let me get to that. Mark uh, makes an appearance. Yes. The, yes. <laughs> Finally. First of all, the battle, the battle system is turn-based. The, the battle system is just turn-based, so pretty typical. And I get, they say, like, it seems kind of Matrix-like, like the movie The Matrix, where like they visualize and fantasize 
their attacks and then they kind of they realize them and they do it oh, and that cool. because it is a virtual reality world so it seems to be something like that where they can kind of just imagine what they want to do and they can just do it anyway um but caligula it's it's loosely related to the Caligula effect, which is loosely related to the Roman emperor Caligula uh, about wanting something you can't have or desiring something you're not supposed to desire. Um, I guess the original effect is talking about how a man in power um, can fall for, you know, is more likely to maybe commit adultery or things like that <laughs> uh, because they they have that capability to, even though they shouldn't. So, I have no idea if that has anything to do with this game, but it's, that's the idea that they're loosely basing it from, is wanting something you can't have or not supposed to have. So, so what I'm hearing is the, this the game The title of this game cool. sounds like the most pretentious thing since, like, this, the city of Duodecim. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyways, it's a, anyways, it's a Furu game, so I'm gonna. I'm not. Uh, I'm pretty cautious about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone needs to be at this point. Uh, okay, is it it's is it cool bad? To it, though. Is it yeah. bad? Like the, but I hear the the name Furu. The first game I think of there is that that Yuki Yuna Vayusha De Aru uh, Vita game that they made. Oh. I know what you're talking about. It's, oh it's 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 a game uh, based on an anime, and like and the anime is like kind of cool, but like like when you saw like the gameplay, it was like wow. Oh, there's nothing like the show. And this, oh man, this kind of looks like a crawl. And I'm looking at a gameplay video. It's like, oh, I will who, say does, I who made this game? Art. I will say I thoroughly enjoy the art I've seen for Caligula. Oh, yeah. Yo, it's it's really cool. neat. I think. Yeah, the, so, the character designer, style, character designer is Oguchi, and the composer is Kasa Mako. If anything, at least if, if anything, at least for you, can oh. hope that they'll sell more art book copies than they have of well, of the game. So. They have that going for them. That's I guess. True. So, yeah, that's uh, Caligula. You can check up on our site, rpgsite.net, for some more information about that. There was a very short like, teaser trailer. It's mostly just content of the game, like small some gameplay screenshots, things like that. Not a whole lot to work with right now. As is, I this getting, is this getting localized? Yeah, uh, no. Um, no, been no we words. don't know. Just, it was just announced in Japan. They had like a teaser yeah. site, and they announced it for June. It feels like anything gets localized these days. I mean... Well, I'm wondering if it will get localized at all because this is only for the Vita. It could happen. Well, I mean, if, At if Atlas is going to localize Dungeon Travelers 2, who knows? <laughs> and uh, Shirin the Wanderer. Yeah, and, and Axis gets uh, Shirin or whatever. Axis is so. a lovely developer. Or Axis. We love those guys. All right, so. Yeah, but like, how much localization effort does it take to localize that game probably versus this game? Like... Well, I mean, if Lost Dimension was localized and The Legend of Legacy was localized I know uh, from Furyu, who knows, but... Where's my Yuki Yuna localization, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Right? All right, so that's that's Caligula. Uh, so another big piece of news that's come out is, uh, we talked about this last time, but there's been even more information and even a new trailer for Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Uh, so what's the new information about that one? Oh, go man. Okay. Uh, no, okay, I'll, I'll go. So the, like the the gameplay of this game is like totally uh, different from the first one. The first really? one had like had like a like a central hub, like an airship, and then you had an overworld map that would um, you know go to different places. This one seems like from the because they hosted a live stream that uh, debuted the first trailer of the game. This one seems a lot more um, like uh, traveling around, like a like not an overworld, but an actual like map. Like uh, there's like a field stage, battle stages, and like actual towns to visit. Wow. Like uh, like uh, like in uh, the first heroes, like the only quote unquote hub town you had was like the little uh, busted up carriage one that you had at the very very beginning, uh, and um, 
the the ship that you were airship that you were traveling on. There's gonna be a lot more uh, terrains in it. There, uh, I think the, uh, there were some forests, snow fields, um, in the, that were uh, mentioned in the stream. Um, there's also like a weird uh, like waystones uh, that uh, when you travel you're traveling around the field that you can uh, just warp from place to place too. So it's like you don't want to uh, always walk or run uh, to one side of the map to the other. You have those uh, devices in place. Um, you have uh, like a weather system now, I believe, uh, and then like this weather system uh, influences what kind of like monsters may show up. Like say like in, in rain, like more powerful monsters may appear. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy. It's way more yeah. ambitious but, than it was in the first. It is, one. But, but most yeah. importantly, you can play as Angelo. Is this still Dynasty Warriors esque? Is that I, like I, I, think gonna, I think they're gonna keep the hack and slash gameplay. I think that's like the the, the sole defining feat of uh, the Heroes series. So they're definitely gonna uh, keep that. Uh, but oh, there's also uh, there's also another big. Uh, addition to this game yeah multiplayer they have a uh, multiplayer now that supports up to four players and then it's a uh, multi- this this takes place in a multiplayer exclusive dungeon called um space time labyrinth and also i think story battles as well yeah they said but, story uh, but i wasn't sure if it was like only certain like, battles I'm, and things like that not sure either. but they do have like a a dungeon solely for just multiplayer and i, so, I that excites me because i've always wanted to like uh, play heroes with friends this is so. This is one thing that always baffled me. Like, um, this is a serious question, by the way. Like, okay. so what's the? So one thing I uh, know about like the types of like Muso games is that you're pretty OP already. Like, you're taking out like 500 dudes in like like 10 minutes. Like, that's like the nature of the game. Like, why would you want two OP people in the same like fucking area? I don't understand. Like, what's the? It's fun. fun? It's, yeah, it's like a, it, it, it's it's mindless hack and slashing, it, yeah. especially on top of a dragon uh, quest skin. It uh, has a lot of charm to it, but uh, See, like I've been, I've been playing so Arslan lately, and that game is is probably the best Dynasty Warriors game I've played, and I'm a huge fan of the series, and so I trust them to deliver on a big experience and well, be like uh, faithful to the original content. So I'm excited. I feel to it's just like game. a big dick waving contest. It's like, oh, I killed 500 dudes way more than you, dude. You suck. That's know. all I do with the Gundam ones, though, is play with friends. I heard the Gundam like, ones I'll, are I'll, bad, though. I play uh, with friends. It depends. It but... depends on which one. The, like, the soundtrack, yeah. I think, is what people are most well, I mean, the third one. I think, I think with these Muzo, I think with these types of games, <laughs> um, they're not really supposed to be like, like I mean, they're 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 fan service games first yeah. and foremost. Where it's like, hey, I can play as as Jessica, and you can play as Angelo, and we can team up and take out Balzan from from Dragon Quest Four or Balzac from Dragon Quest Four, and you know, and that's cool. Balzan, it's uh-huh. Balzan now. <laughs> and so it's just that's kind of that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole that's kind of like one of the big draws of the game. Obviously, there's still a game there, but it's just being able to have this multiplayer where you can play as you know these classic characters team up with a friend and take out a classic boss is just a cool thing. Oh my well, they, they also announced that uh, the remaining uh, characters that were in Dragon Quest Heroes 1, uh, including the main characters and also Bianca and whoever else. There's only Bianca. Um, There's but only all those Bianca. characters... Yeah, it's the only character that matters. But all those characters that were also in Dragon Quest Heroes 1 will be available as free DLC for Dragon Quest Heroes 2. So you have the whole entire qu- uh, cast of Dragon Quest Heroes coming over Dragon Quest yeah, Heroes Yeah, they, they have, have, they have Nera, Yangus... I don't know how to pronounce this. Just Saro? Yangus. Saro. Saro. Yep. 
So, yeah, I, I I just hope that you know that they fix the the flaws of the first one. I I think it's shaping up to be like a, an awesome game. I'm so, really excited for it. I've I've got Dragon's Heroes downloaded. I still need to play it, so I'm excited to give it a try. And ho- yeah, based on it's kind of wondering now like how what the success of the first one was if we're going to see the second one in the West. But I'm sure we will. It seems like a conclusion now. It, it, it is kind of funny when the first one came out. Like I I couldn't really care much about it because I wasn't very familiar with Dragon Quest. But now that I'm like partway through Dragon Quest V, it's like, oh, I actually recognize some of these characters now, and now it seems pretty cool. <laughs> awesome, that's great. Oh, now that you played the series. Really yeah. good I, I, I think the, the, the last bit I want to uh, share on uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2, because it just slipped my mind, uh, was that the protagonist now can change their job. So you have, like, you can actually go to, like, a, a priest NPC uh, in uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2 to change your job. Like, I think they mentioned a martial artist, priest, thief, um, addition, and cool. uh, wow. I, yeah, I think there's a, a wait. Job did did, did, did Dragon Quest Heroes one have a job system too? No, Mm-mm. no. It okay. was all, they only had they only had the swordsman. Uh, well, I mean, they were just tied to a sword and shield. So only the main character can change jobs. Yeah, I believe so. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess that, I guess that's kind of a bit of Dragon Quest three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, actually, that kind of ties into what that is. But I'm sure that's just a, <laughs> just a convenient way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Giant Quest Heroes 2, uh, a lot of news coming out about that. Uh, when's that? That game's coming out in May, hey. at the end of May in Japan. Once mm-hmm. again, no word on localization yet, but you can see the first uh, gameplay trailer that they put out. Well, it's a little bit of gameplay. It's mostly just cinematics of that, along with a ton of new screenshots on our site. So, um, And then they also put out a lot of information about Tales of Berseria from uh, Bandai Namco, of course. Which, um, which we already know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, which looks localized. Yeah, we know that's yeah. going to be localized. We just don't know when. But um, they put out a lot of new information, uh, details about characters, and some new characters. And one oh, thing, one, one thing I want to mention quickly too is that the the actual Bandai Namco Europe actually relatively quickly put out the official English descriptions too, which they they're usually not they, they haven't been this quick before when yeah, when it regarding was just with Vesperia. Well, with Vesperia only. Uh, so I, for the, a couple of the, uh, the the latest games, it took them a while to say anything about the localized version. But now they're they've they've you know turned turned that around pretty quickly. I think so, yeah, this game is going to come out relatively quickly after. That's that's uh, they usually work side by side. Hope. So we've got a lot of screenshots, but the big details are on the battle system. So well, what's that like? well, well, well I, I just want to point out that once again they have an awesome, crazy, dumb abbreviation. I love that's a that's the thing that I, I like love about new tales. It's like what what crazy stupid abbreviation. Oh, they have you mean you mean, you mean like there's oh the the battle system. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. The, like this time it it's called? like uh, liberation the dash linear motion battle system. Yeah, I, the, the battle <laughs> system limbs. is is limbs. L I M B S. Usually. <laughs> But then they but then they but then they like tweak it some here and there for different ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! It's like Blitz. it's like linear in motion battle system or something. I don't know. Sense, right? Dude, at least it's not as linear bad. Like, <laughs> I, I think Exilia 2's battle system was called the dual raid um, cross. I, I think it was like dual raid cross oh, linear motion crazy. battle. System. It was like the dumbest thing ever. I was like, what the fuck? Is I love this? it. I love it. It's a, it's, wow. I wish it was my job to make up those names. Anyways. <laughs> So they announced two things. First of all, they announced two new characters. They, they were actually revealed in magazines a few weeks back, but then they just put up the the uh, their website screenshots and arts and things like that. Um, so we have Rokuro, who is a like a swordsman. 
he has been affected by the demon blight similarly similarly to velvet um although maybe not exactly the same we don't really know the details all of them and then we he have has, like battle, he has he has marks across his yeah his face has got a tattoo thing <clears throat> like a demon mark thing and then we have Eleanor, who is a thigh high boots going on with her. Yeah, she 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 works for the Abbey, so like this game's religion, um, and they counter the demons. Um, so she's kind of often at odds with people like Velvet, who have been affected with this demon blight. Um, and there are a couple of other story elements too, like the one of the first revealed characters, Lapiset. He is from a tribe known as Maliks, and they, I guess they use like natural magic. And yeah, the Abbey people, yeah, and the Abbey people don't like this or something. I haven't, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't really care too much to like go into the details, but it's something like that. That's it's yeah. really convoluted. Tales yeah. stories really make sense until you actually I, start playing it. So. Yeah, I, I usually just wait to get see Ugh. the game, see the game, introduce the ideas in context rather than try the to characters, grab it from like, now. The characters is really the as far as you should go for yeah. story information. Anyways, you have two new characters: this Abbey person who uses a spear and this swordsman dude. Um, and then they talked about the battle system a little bit. It's got like a, an art tree type system similar to the the the, 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 the A arts and graces or also Tales of Exilia 2 had this a little bit as well. Only it's a little bit more customizable. It looks like you can like switch around which arts are in which position. Um, so you can not only can you link up different arts by pressing different buttons, but you can change what the chains are. Um, yeah, which, which is extremely neat system. by the way. Like that's like this. So that's a new, that's a pretty big deal, yeah. Um, in yeah, terms of system is like one of the most things I'm actually most excited about because I remember playing Graces F, and like one of the bosses had like the slime weakness, and you couldn't get to that slime weakness until you were on your third fucking art, and I was like, what yeah. the hell? Like I have to go through these two arts, which you know, sometimes they take a while to like unleash. And but by the time you might get to that third art, the enemy uses attack, and you're just like fuck. Now I just can't do anything, and you're screwed. So being able to move around which art goes where and which order uh, is going to give you a lot more customization in how you approach certain fights. I think that's extremely neat. Yeah, and then um, th- this is this part I found was kind of silly. There's a soul gauge where <laughs> how many well how many abilities you can use in 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 sequence is like dependent on how many souls you have. Um, and there's a little gauge you have. So it sounds a lot like the CC system, but the, uh, the, I know the English blog was like, it's different from CC, but it, like barely. It, I, think the only, I think the only difference is sometimes a soul icon will show up on the map and you can act, or on the battlefield and you can actually like pick it up. Um, so well, that's so like, I kind of hope that, I kind of hope that one of the biggest, like some think, soul, soul caliber twist. It's like, so oh. I think one of the things that you were saying is different about the soul, uh, the soul gauge is that you start off with like a set soul gauge when you're entering the battle, but you start with three. If you approach the battle wrong, you get penalized yes. and you cannot. Uh, you lose soul gauge. So if you come in the battle with three and you fuck up, then you can only use and you you can degrade down to soul gauge two or one. The enemy uses your soul gauge to like just hit harder against you because you you're an idiot. So I think you don't have no souls. But, so I think that's, so I think that that was what I gleaned when I was reading the battle information. If that's what it is, I think that's a really interesting direction because it greatly rewards really smart and strategic play and really starts you know penalizing you and uh, what's the opposite word of promoting? Not demoting. Demoting, uh, demoting is actually the yes. That's the opposite. I guess like 
I don't want to say okay, like promoting and like preventing like dumb retarded plays is what I was trying to say. So, I I think it's neat. I I think it adds an extra layer of um, complexity that's not pure convoluted like idiocy like they did with uh, Zisteria. So I, I I do enjoy that to a degree. I thought that Blast Caliber or the Limit Gauge and the Zisteria was extremely mediocre. I think this is a much better. Direction. Well, it sounds like, yeah, they're going a little bit more back to, like, the Graces and Zillia 2 type system. Which I like the combat system in Graces. I think that might be one of the only things I liked about that game. You hush. So that should be they also hey. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, hey. They also I haven't mentioned said it. anything said about it. linking, which is good. Okay. They, they haven't mentioned anything about linking, which means Adam can now stop bitching about non-four-player multiplayer ever. Hey, what? What? Yeah, that's right. I, I haven't played Zysteria yet. I still need to. I'm trying. It's not good. Um, I think that, so I own those games. I wasn't ex- I wasn't initially excited for this game when when it, when I first saw it when I first and when after even after I saw the second trailer which had a lot more content in it um, I wasn't necessarily excited about it. After hearing these set of newses though, I'm actually legitimately excited again. You mean, you mean about the battle system? About the battle system. The story is always whatever. Yeah, like 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 I said, it gets the story. Very- don't be the story. <laughs> Um, there, I mean, there are. So they said this is a prequel to Zisteria, like even though it's like centuries ago. Um, I'm sure we'll like. I, my problem with prequel games is like you're all you're eventually gonna know what the outcome is gonna be because they always they already have a the original game. Well, which well, I mean, so, Symphonia happens, you know, in the same timeline technically as Fantasia, but it's not really connected. Although it sounds yeah, like these, yeah, it sounds okay, like these. Yeah, you understood that Darius Carlot was eventually gonna go out to fucking space. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it sounds like these two might be Zestiria and this might be a little bit more connected. But I, like I said, I haven't played Zestiria, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I will say the, and this is the problem with screenshots, right? I will say that. The environments and the graphics do look better. So if there's actually a PC version of Berseria and they don't botch it like they did Zisteria, I f- this this game will probably be an extremely great game. Probably it's pro- it'll probably be one of the better games since. Exilia I thought too. I thought the Zisteria I thought the Zisteria PC port was pretty good, except that it was 30 frames per second, which is yeah, uh, you're you're in luck because Tales of Berseria is coming to a PC. <laughs> That's true. Also, yeah, um, yeah Brazil has already been announced. For PC. Yeah, it was announced. Oh, for PC. It? Okay, I did double check. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it does. Then, yeah. yeah. Also, these. Oh my fucking god, this is a problem. Like, I don't understand. This is the worst. This is and this is the worst offender of the of the uh, series so far. These character designs. What the fuck, dude? I like them. I think they're cool. Okay, hey, I, I, like, I like the main character. Like there's no co- there's no cohesion movie. among the cast. Velvet looks very different from Lothicet. Lothicet looks very different from Rookero. That's RPGs. That's JRPGs in a nutshell. Right? I mean, you know, no, no, because in know. Vesperia, if you look at Vesperia and Graces, all these character with the ex- like look relative. Well, the pirate thing. girl in like, Vesperia totally fits in with the rest of the group. <laughs> Who? She was wasn't she was added wasn't she she was like she was added later yeah, Patty, she was talking about there's, there's, like they're out their designs looks and outfits like Patty, people are consistent across the board at the very least um okay in races, so I, it was the same way with the exception of Sophie I guess and she well, was so used to well Z- Zesteria and Berseria have like three or four different character designers right whereas the older games usually stuck to one maybe two um so I think that 
you know, uh, factors in. It contributes. I think they look fine. I don't know. They now, look slow. I mean, the concept art looks different, but in the game itself, it seems to be like now, they kind of fit in. Like, the whole, all the Tales games have, like, their own little, like, subtitle. It's sometimes kind of corny. Uh, Berseria's, I don't even remember where Zisteria's was, but Berseria's is, like, emotion versus reason, and... It, who knows how well executed this is going to be, but it sounds like Velvet's thing is supposed to be she's not you know, a very thoughtful person, she's not necessarily logical, but just kind of acts on emotion and things like that. Um, Makes sense, and, based on the history. Um, so it, I think something like that sounds like it could be really, really dumb, uh, but it, kind of, <laughs> it, it depends on how they handle it. To give context, like the previous Tales games, Abyss was about the meaning of birth. You know, Vesperia's was about justice. Uh, yeah, something know. corny. So, Zisteria's <laughs> was, by the way, like the passion to, you know, light up people's hearts and other bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. About, Simon, can you light up my heart? Wait, what was Grace's? Grisis is the power to protect, unfortunately. Grisis was the power to protect. Oh, that's right. Exilia was unwavering convictions. Exilius 2 was the choice. Grisis was the power to protect that thing we carved into that tree. Dude, fucking protect. Yo. Yeah, but yeah, all the Tales games, they always announce it with some, like, weird, corny subtitle thing. I do think emotion versus reason is way more interesting than what this area, though. Like, like seriously, like yeah. passion to light up people's fucking heart. What the <laughs> fuck is that supposed to be? That's yeah. Is that a Kingdom uh, Hearts thing? Emotion versus reason sounds pretty like. Oh boy, yeah, that is right. That is actually that is close, isn't it? All right, so Tales of Berseria. Uh, once again, you can check up on a ton of screenshots and details about the battle system that we just talked about. Uh, up so on the it's site. announced for now, 2016 in Japan, but in, I don't think they 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 cautiously haven't said anything about a release window in the West. Was it? Was it Zisteria no, or this game where they said it would come out like within six months? In America. I don't, did, they, did they say it was 2016? Yeah. I don't think no, they, they said this year. No, they they did. They when, they, when they announced the localization, they announced that it was for 2016. Yeah, they said it was 2016. Oh, okay. that's right. Okay, I, good. So my guess is that the, Jap- the Japanese game will probably come out in the summer, and then the U.S. release will probably be a month or two after that. Probably August. Oh, my gosh. That's like Persona, Final Fantasy, Tales, all like in the same I don't think Persona's coming out this year, guys. Just... It, let's let's move on. So um, now, just to quickly get off some other news that there was those about, we're not going to dwell on this too much like the others. Uh, nice America had the big press event on the twenty first, was it? Uh, no, twenty second, excuse me, of February. And so the big things they announced, um, just to kind of run through them real quick, they announced that they're going to localize Cycle Pass, Monetary Happiness, which you already had in English. Started a Tome game, Asia, Andrea, uh, for the Xbox. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> But there was the Xbox One version, but they announced it for PS4, Vita, and Steam. Um, PS4 and Vita are going to come out this summer, whereas it was the physical and digital release in both Europe and America, whereas uh, Steam version uh, will come out this summer. And let me just mention one thing. It it looks like like when Danganronpa was was put on PC, it wasn't done by Spike Chunsoft or Nice America. It was done by someone else whose name I can't, studio name I can't remember. But the Disgaea port is actually Nice America themselves, and uh, some of these other ports might be them doing PC ports. So just wanted to mention, it seems like they themselves are actually getting into that business. 
Oh, totally. That's 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 that seems like a conclusion. Speaking of like, yeah, Steam releases. There'll also be besides Disguy PC, which uh, Disguy on PC, which you guys can check out um, a review for. Uh, excuse me, our impressions of the game up on the site. It seems like someone figured out that a way to help people that are having frame rate issues, among other slowdown problems, is to disable the Steam beta. Uh, so if you opt out of that, it apparently fixes a lot of problems, and apparently it's also fixing some other issues that people yeah, are like, facing with other games like Skyrim. Well, like, like I, I posted my impressions of the game, and I have it, I'm playing it on a laptop even, and it's running pretty darn well. Like I only get a couple of slowdowns if I'm doing like a lots of like huge magic spells all the time. But yeah, but then Destructoid came out with a piece like this game runs like crap, and I'm like, no, what? what? <laughs> Yeah, but, it seems like obviously with. The well, it turns out I like yeah. I, I I'm not I I opted out of the Steam beta stuff a long time ago. I was like, oh, I guess that explains it. <laughs> yeah, some people like there was a guy who told us that they had issues, and apparently they were saying like, well, yeah, like in this one area, I was having 27 frames per second. Now it's up to 60 with some dips here and there, but that's like normal. And so, uh, yeah, that apparently fixes it. So give it a try if you're having some the same problems that. Some other users have been. Well, yeah, like wait, uh, like oh, what you're are, saying though, they're sorry. they they are releasing a couple more games on PC. Uh, Firefly yeah, Diary, uh, they, Hotaru Nikki, which is awesome. Uh, you guys should play it. Firefly Diary is actually a pretty really? good game. I hated that game. Okay. <laughs> you did? Just, I thought no, it was this, cool. this, I like this the style. This I heard some sort of relevant point to bring up. I'm actually sort of curious. What what are the sales for like visual novels look like just in general? I think I think I mean it's like it takes to, it's taken over Steam, so I'm sure it's pretty well. I think I, I think mean, some, every time so. I heard. I think I think like they just put out um, Nicopera. Uh, I think that was that the name. Uh, like I, um, they put that out, and that was like in the top five. And Danganronpa, when it came out, was like top. I, three I think I think uh, some of the visual novels, like the best-selling ones, are in the 100 to 200k range, according to wow. Steam Spy. Yeah, but I know, like, Danganronpa was, like, around 20K, so it, like, didn't blow up yet, but, you know... They don't yet. need big sales well, for no, that, the, though. The they just need, like, to cover is, the cost of So the reason why I ask is, I wonder, like, how wide, like, maybe, like, five years from now, like, are we are, are we seeing, like, the evolution of, like, high adoption rates for visual novels, like, you know... Well, I think, I think one thing that helps is... I think one thing that helps visual novels, especially on PC, is that... You don't need they they play on anything. You don't. It's yeah. it's not like it's not like um, The Witcher or something where you need like a gigantic rig to play it even at minimum settings. You can play it on anything. So it's, it's the most and also the prices format, are yeah. the prices are usually lower. So it. Do you think we'll see visual more visual novels? Obviously, visual novels are you know on like handhelds, but they're they're now coming to Steam a lot more frequently now. Like I wonder, like it wouldn't it be neat? Like and this is the thought I sort of had like. I like the idea of being able to play certain visual novels on the PC, but I would like to play them, like, maybe for, like, an, an hour or so, like, before I head off to bed. Like, you know, people read books before they go to bed. You know, why, not, yeah. why not a visual novel? And I think it's important to note that that's they're seeing so much success there. Some people, like, entire businesses, entire companies are based on Steam releases and things like that. And you're seeing so many Kickstarters uh, specifically for the localization of uh, a visual it's novel nice. for PC. Like, no real look towards the consoles or anything like that. And so, yeah, I think that's like, clearly it seems like it's a huge market on Steam now. And I actually have an interview up on the site with Idea Factory about their success with like Amnesia and things like that. And they're saying like, yeah, we're seeing pretty good rates, um, uh, buy rates 
for um, their visual novels when they bring them over. And so I see I, it seems like any single visual novel that you are familiar with, I mean, a lot of them already, you know, from they were already released on PC. It's it's like more unusual to see them on consoles than it is PC anyway. But it seems like anytime you put them, like any of the big releases like Clannad and things like that on, on and Steam. I, I, have, I have no idea, what they, I have no idea well. what they are, but I know when I'm checking out Steam, like sometimes you see like a bajillion Sakura games. <laughs> Just like, what are they? Oh yeah, Sakura Spirit <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, a lot, yeah. to be fair, a lot of those big sales, um, especially like from Kickstarter, is just people uh, like um, you know using their code that they got for backing a game on Kickstarter, and so of course the sales are going to be super high to begin with. Uh, but Danganronpa is kind of that obviously that um, that unique one where it didn't have anything like that. It just happened to be released, and it was outselling for some while there, like Fallout well, and. Well, like, I mean, to, to, to uh, kind of put it in perspective, and, like and now there's a couple of other. There's a couple of things that go into this, but I know like Trails in the Sky second chapter, apparently its Steam sales are like less than 20k, and that's pretty sad. Um, well, it's it, once again, it's but, all about like if, if they're covering the. It doesn't matter about units because that's like you didn't know well, about the sales so much well, when it came to consoles, but now you do on PC. A lot of it has to do with like is it covering the cost of the localization? Cause and that's also, all they really need um, to deal with. I don't really have any proof of this, but it's I think it's not too hard to not not that much of a stretch. That games on Steam have much longer legs than like a physical retail release, you know. Oh, totally. No, far yeah. less overhead. So, totally. Simon, I have a I have a solution for your problem of wanting to like read a visual novel before you head to bed. Uh, let but, me introduce you to this fancy, shiny new VR helmet. <laughs> just, just put See, it on. You can uh, get in the world. If I, hey, if no, I get to hey. watch all of my freaking uh, tight moon shit off of my VR helmet, I'm down. Let's go. Well, see, see exactly. You know, Andrea um, can like just give me actually a, a date give me with a Professor Oak. Hey, Andrea. While we were talking about it, did you ever play Amnesia? Um, I yeah. played through like one one round. It's not it's not really my thing. Amnesia. Oh. Uh, we didn't. It yeah. Didn't seem like it was kind of crazy because I think yeah. for a bit there. It was well, like I know I know Liz reviewed it, and I remember Liz like. I, I, if I'm thinking in the right game, I sometimes get these visual novels mixed up. But like, she liked one of the routes, but a lot of the other routes, she like these are stupid. Yeah, there, and then oh, there's like one guy that like puts you in a cage. Oh yeah, and I was yep, like, that's not right, very romantic. That's like the image like, I put, I was like, is this from? I, 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 I remember right? Liz was kind of, kind of, you know, had a fake kind of pseudo rant where like, oh, guess what? What apparently Japan's favorite route is. It's that uh, one. Cage the guy. Cage yeah, part. I forgot yeah, his name. Like, yeah. uh, Code realizes way better. It's way better. That's what I've heard. So, and also the other thing they announced was Criminal Girls Invite Only is coming to PC as well. And then at the very end, they sort of teased uh, Criminal Girls to uh, Criminal Girls Two was going to come over. But the biggest announcement, and I'm super happy that they announced this, was Yomawari Night Alone is going to be brought over wait, to the West. Wait, 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 wait. What is, about oh, Tohu? That was not red, that was not the red, I was saying that was not random Toho game that they announced. That's 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 not RPG related. Screw that game. <laughs> I don't. It's it seems like it's like a, it's I, it's another one of those official ones. But I think the fan games are better. But I'm more interested in this game because Yumarari is about a girl who uh, loses her dog, and so she goes out to find it, and her sister is also missing. And so I think that that game looks incredible. And that's basically the uh, the same. It's 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 kind of like a follow up to um, Firefly Diary. Firefly. It's not, I know it's not the same yeah, type the same of game, design. but it's like the same style, yeah, same, same visual look and all that. So, 
But it's 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 an isometric survival horror game. Um, where yeah, this girl's going through all these streets around her hometown, and like these weird things start showing. These like these spirits show up, and all these different cra- crazy looking like enemy designs, monster designs. And it obviously you're not supposed to engage with them. You're just supposed to run away and hide. And you can see all the like the emotion she's going through and trying to hide. And and you know she's obviously very scared and trying to find um these characters and so i think it's a it looks really good and i'm glad that they're bringing that over just because ever since they announced it it was very fun to um it's very nice to see that they're going to be doing that i don't know if you guys have any sort of oh attachment yeah to I, that, I, I'm, but... I'm super psyched for Yomawari. Uh, 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 yeah. if anyone's still listening to this uh i know when we were in when we were in the irc chat room and then press event was going on like josh was pretty quiet until like yomawari was announced and he's like oh my god yomawari yeah i mean, so, yeah. look yeah I, i've always had my eye on it I, I i missed that kind of style of game it's like like a, a like a little weird horror game for, for a ha- uh, my handheld you know it's just like the only real like kind of game like within that scope is like corpse party these days so i'm oh, I, I, oh, I always right, want yeah. like more horror games especially like uh ones that are designed for handheld because i think those are neat experiences like how do you like design a horror game that you play on the go like what kind of what, what kind of philosophy goes into that and that uh, we need more games like that i uh, i think that it's it's great and it looks like i mean obviously just like firefly diary it's more of a passion project and you don't see too many of those lately it's mostly just you know uh, kowtowing to you know investors and things like that so it's great to see a game like that still thrive but um that game yomarari night alone is coming to both north america and europe late this year on the vita and so definitely keep a lookout for that uh check out some trailers it looks really good looks like a game that you can totally get lost in with the atmosphere and in the mood that they're trying to set for that game so and now, finally, for news. Wait, before this, announced... before this, before the our final news. Oh man, you keep I'm coming sorry, off. What's I'm sorry. Up? Before the final news, because I forgot if this was. This. I didn't say it earlier. Uh, like, it's RPGs. Uh, Super Robot, Robot Wars: Original Generation: The Moon Dwellers is coming to uh, to English and Asia. Uh, coming, coming to, to English. Coming to, it's coming to coming English. To English. Well, that's just representative of the coming representative of the translation it's going to get. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, no, it's, it's coming in English to, 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 uh, <laughs> to, for Asian territories. Uh, I think it's uh, very significant because the last time we got an English Super Robot Wars game uh, was from Atlas's uh, Game Boy Advance uh, original generation localizations. So who's, who's localizing That's, this one? Uh, I don't know who's... I, I think it's Bandai Namco themselves. I think. They've been, yeah, they've been localizing be a lot of shit recently. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, but I th- I hope this gets a U.S. release, and uh, because I really would love to see a resurgence of Super Robot Wars outside of Japan. I'll import. You this. said it seems like that'd be the most plausible it would one, be. right? Because it doesn't have as much licenses. To it, it, much yeah, Original Generation is the, this series in the Super Robot Wars franchise in which it doesn't use like any of the popular uh, anime licenses like Evangelion, uh, Big O, Gundam. It has like uh, it crafts its own verse. Get a Robo. Yes. Yeah. It crafts its own universe uh, plucked from the earlier Super Robot Wars games of the original characters that were in it and then basically uh, coming together uh, for that. And I think that it's it's a smart thing what they're doing because when they first uh, announced the Moon Dwellers, 
it was their main pitch was like, hey, there's a, a new start for it. It's technically the third game in the original generation series, but we're making it so it's more newcomer friendly. They have a, this uh, a dual protagonist route uh, that hasn't been there since an earlier Super Wars like Z One, I believe. And so, and one of these new routes is like the beginner friendly route because it comes from the perspective like an outsider looking into this universe they have this beginner mode for him as well that rewards like extra experience extra currency to upgrade your robots and whatnot so it's definitely the most you know it's the safest entry into that the safest bet and it seems like bandai obviously is far more inclined to do that since they've been localizing more and more games it's like a great thing about the generation lately just because so many uh games that you never thought were going to be localized. It's now kind of shocking when it doesn't get brought over. So, like, that's the crazy yeah. thing. Because, like, growing up in, like, the 90s and early aughts where, like, I had to import games and make up my own stories. <laughs> that was the only way. It's like, I don't understand what's going on, so I'm going to make up my own story and try to understand that. Or just, like, um, obviously, like, the region-free games. Like, I think Best Buy at one point were selling import DS games, which was kind of crazy. Uh, to be doing I remember way back game. when, sorry, uh, just uh, I remember stores selling like import like DBZ stuff for like PlayStation. That was awesome. And that's that's the kind of thing like you grew up doing that. But now it's like I would not be surprised if Bandai Namco brings over yes. that because they brought over like Project Cross Zone 2. They announced it before like the Asian release that it was going to be brought over among other things. And so the fact that they had those many licenses to deal with. I wouldn't be surprised either. It seems like, like you said, um, Moon Dwellers would have a lot less to, a lot fewer hurdles to jump over to get through, uh, to get that brought over here. I just think at this point, Namco Bandai Namco just doesn't give a fuck. They'll just do whatever. Like they really, they (laughs) really don't. They're like licensing issues. Fuck. We don't give a shit. I I remember. At the same time, we haven't gotten a Gundam versus game. Like what the fuck? We are getting a Gundam versus game though. We're getting Gunbreaker. Like a, We're okay, the, the one that's getting localized is uh, the Extreme Versus game, Gundam Extreme Versus Force for the Vita, and then just announced recently as well is Gundam Breaker 3, just like Moon Dwellers, is getting uh, a release in English coming to Asian territories for now. There's nothing for the U.S. yet, official U.S. release yet, uh, but that's uh, the English version of that is coming out in April. As someone who doesn't really pay too much, to, to pay too, too much attention to Gundam, it feels like there's like two new games every month. <laughs> That's that's seems like that's, that's a, because because so. Gund- the Gundam is the property that makes them the most. Money. Yeah, I know. I know. Gundam is their by far their biggest things. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. so that's pretty much. I mean, that's the big news that's coming out um, that we've heard about. I mean, other than, well, apparently there was like this IBM Sword Art Online VR um, crossover that was happening, like this this. Um, partnership but apparently it's just yeah, like a 20 minute like a, marketing yeah. demo that's not going to be much of anything for people to be excited about so it's not don't real life sort out online don't apparently it's like it's it's not even being developed by a game developer it's going to be made by a creative agency and so that's the report coming out about it's that. literally so just marketing shouldn't be yeah it's just like an experience like a it's like a, a movie that you can watch and just it's a way to kind of sell you on the idea of using VR for your. Hey man, Palmer Lucky retweeted it. Okay, so uh, he also said, "Hey guys, you want to watch?" He also he also apparently was also he was also talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Like Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, they had yeah they had this new card game coming out. That's kind. It's not like 
it's kind of like the Eye of Judgment that was for PS3. That's right. Yeah, it reminded me it of is. that, but it's like kind of more of Hearthstone-ish coming to their Oculus. It's weird. I'd be kind of interested oh in taking that out. I have the Eye of Judgment still for my PS3 with the camera. Oh my gosh, you got the yeah. whole like, with the map oh, and yeah. the cameras stuff like that. Mm. My friends and I used to play that, and they're I like, think... "Wow, this is so cool!" But man, this is kind of janky. <laughs> Uh, I think it's called like Dragonfront is the game that you're talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a card, it's a card game where things come alive. So that is about it for the news, though. Um, and so um, yeah, just check up on the news on the site rpgsite.net. We've got screenshots, trailers, things like that. So go uh, look at it and uh, let us know what you think in the comments. We're always looking for people to talk with on on those stories. So thank you so much for reading about that. So that's about it for our podcast. So thank you once again for listening to our podcast. We um, want to make sure that we got everything covered with this. Once again, we're kind of doing this every other week. Uh, so today, of course, we covered Fire Emblem Fates. In a couple of weeks, there's some other games coming out. Um, like we've got the Divisions coming. The Division is coming out. We're going to cover that game for sure. Um, we've got Witch in the Hundred Night Revival is definitely going to be covered up on the site. It's probably just going to be an impressions piece because we already reviewed the prior game. Not much different from this um, this port, a kind of like an enhanced remaster of sorts. Uh, but I can't think of any other. Uh, there's a couple. Knights there's a couple. Azure. There's a couple in late March, like Knights of Azure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're going to cover that obviously later. Is there anything else well, in the next two there's weeks? There's Zelda. Yeah, there's a game called Fire Emblem Revelations that's going to come out. That. <laughs> Fire Emblem Revelations. Oh. No. Is that the yeah. third one? Yeah, the third round. I didn't even know what the name was. <laughs> I, I, I keep, so, I keep forgetting um, that's not out yet because I have the special edition and it's right same. there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yo, three special edition yeah, exactly. people right so, here. High fives all around. Yeah. We did good. Yeah, obviously there's... Um, there's Zelda. I'm going to I'm gonna look this up because I want to know what else is coming out. On our, on our, on our like RPG we list, we have Zelda, which I mean, we know is not really an RPG, but then we have... Do we I don't know. If we had an upcoming RPGs list, you know? It'd and be... then we have Knights of Azure, mm. which is from the Gust people from the Atlas group. But that's, that's not, not late March. Late, and then there's March, so... also, also late March yeah. is uh, Trillion, which is the Idea Factory Disgaea-like <laughs> game. Well, it's, it's Disgaea with like, a though, weird like, roguelike element. You mean just like the yeah. art style? Yeah, that's, that's for sure. It's more like Mugen Souls kind of thing, too. Um, we turn to Papa oh, yeah. Croy. I think someone, yeah, I think I, I'd like to have somebody look at that game because it seems really cool. Uh, it's like Harvest Moon kind of style, but uh, it's, story, it's, it's Story of Seasons. Is that really how you like. pronounce uh, it? But that game has been out since like, I think the it's PlayStation. That's, that's like, I know, that's all I was thinking too. It's French. It's since it's it's been around since like the PlayStation times. There was like a game on the PSP I remember too. That was it's, cool. it's kind of confusing because oh. I think there's a game called Popo La Croix, and then there's a game called Story of Seasons, and then this is like Story of Seasons Return to Popo La Croix. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> Story of Seasons. That's a whole breakout. It no longer uses the Harvest Moon. Yeah, game, and then the Harvest so, the Harvest Moon uh, games that are coming out now aren't Harvest aren't Harvest bad. Moon. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, they're, that's, bad. they're not as they're not as good. It's because you can clearly see like the the division yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, there's nothing much else. I mean, later in the month, there is like sort of Stranger of Sword City, excuse Correct. me. Um, and yeah, Fire Emblem Fates, uh, Revelation, as you said, not a whole much else with, when it comes to RPG. So it's a good time to kind of, you know, you know, take care of your backlog if you're looking for that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the podcast. And so once again, thank you so much, uh, Josh, Adam, Simon. Thank you very much. Also, uh, Andrea for showing up. Um, to talk to us about those games and the news that we had. Uh, 
so once again, you guys can check us up on RPGSite.net. Um, we're also growing on RPGSite. Our Twitter handle, it's just at RPGSite. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPGSiteNet. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes um, or whatever app you use for your podcast. I have like... Uh, so anything you use for that. You can also cast us, uh, catch us on Discord, which is, uh, once again, the permanent URL is tinyurl.com slash RPG site Discord is exactly how it sounds, except for it's uh, D I S C O R D is how you spell it if you didn't know already. <laughs> so uh, you guys can chat with chat with us or with the rest of the staff. There's a lot of people on there that just are looking for a very good conversation to have with you guys. So um, yeah, other than that, that's kind of it. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Play super hot. Like, uh, Don't play fate grand order. Play super hot. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing more Arslan. I think you guys should really check that out. It's pretty damn good. I like. I like beef jerky. Oh, and Nintendo's Republicans. Well, actually, actually, the Nintendo. Well, there's there's a. No, no, you don't need to talk Nintendo about it. Cons- we can move on. N- Nintendo conservative theory. Look it up. Wait, what? Oh man, <laughs> this is deeper than we thought. I, I don't think I want. We win. You gotta go digging. All right, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us on the latest TetraCast. Catch you next time. Bye!